0: Okay welcome ladies and gentlemen Today we're doing another book review Got James in the building, how are you? Nice you're mate Yeah I'm really good man, I appreciate good. you coming And today we're going to be going over 12 rules to life An antidote to chaos So this book is Jordan B. Peterson's second book um, His first one was Maps of Meaning But this one is very significant to me Because it was instrumental in the changes I started to make in my life Because of how introspective the book Left me. Mm-hmm. How Have you found the book?
1: Yeah, I'd agree. It's it's um, self reflective. Yeah, I think if you want to learn from it or put it into practice, you're gonna have to quash a bit of your ego. Yeah, as you read it, you're gonna find certain home truths in it that you can see with areas where you can improve. Yeah, it's very sim- simplistic in its steps itself. That you know, from one to twelve, the titles you can you can pretty much sum up just by reading them what the gist of it is. But the book obviously itself goes into a lot of detail and examples and things like that and, and the science behind a lot of it. So it's a very interesting read and a very important book.
0: Yeah, like one of the kind of sentiments that I've got from the book is the psychological reasoning behind a lot of things and the way that people act in different scenarios. So, yeah, it seems he holds us to a very high standard, but at the same time gives us the understanding that life is very hard. Yeah, not not, not an excuse, but Mm.
1: acceptance that there's... Basically, there's things that you... that you've, you know, you can't avoid, you have no control over, which comes up quite often as chaos throughout the book. It walks the line of trying not to be too... You know self-effacing or or reflective or introspective to your detriment but being honest and also accepting the fact that you know things are going to come along where all you can really do is just weather the storm and just persevere and do what you can at that
0: time yeah and I think honest is the perfect word for it because it's almost brutally honest yeah definitely I really got a lot of value from this book this was the second book that I read as an adult okay so uh, when i was in school i read books that I had to assign stuff books like and that yeah shakespeare and, shakespeare yeah, uh, yeah. mice and men yeah. a little bit on all the flies was another yeah, that one that was everyone read yeah we had uh, of mice and men mm-hmm. um there was a book called holes something like okay. that I read that um animal farm i think we read as Orwell, well yeah. yeah yeah and a few other things but those books were always like a chore it was always like, um, it's like this lesson I have to read. Yeah, I, I have read back uh, Animal Farm, and I actually really like it. But yes, it. It's, it's it's good. Or, Orwell mm. is
1: is good. A lot of his, I've read a, a few of his books, and it, yeah, they can, they can be incredibly depressing, mm. but that's because they're just they're just so accurate, mm. yeah, and um, prophetic. Mm. And I, I really don't know how he did what he did. Yeah, and he was, I mean. He was dead by, what, 1948, 49? No, 50, was it? I'm not actually sure. Wait, but yeah. I yeah. that time period. Yeah, he had the consumption of tuberculosis or something like that. But, yeah, with, uh, with school, I mean, I don't know how much you can expect your average 14, 15, 16-year-old mm. boy yeah. in, an, in a city, especially a city like London, mm. to appreciate Shakespeare.
2: Yeah.
1: Or, met, you know, poetry and a lot of the other uh, kinds of texts they would try and get you to read. I, I just don't think. I don't think it is. It's just it, it is particularly apt for the age group, mm. and and the place. Yeah. Um. Because I I did feel the same to a certain extent. You just you just read out of. You just think. Oh, I hope it's not my turn to. You know when they read around the class <laughs> yeah. and you think. oh, shit! Yeah, it's, my oh, t- it's gonna be my that. turn in a minute, and you mm. you're there like getting getting ready. You don't you don't want to really be there anyway, and then you've mm. got to read aloud in front of everyone yeah shakespeare which is not easy
0: to mm.
1: follow yeah my um, classmates
0: were brutal as well if you made a mistake <laughs> they'll be rinsing <laughs> yeah mm.
1: so i can imagine but it's um i think like anything is you have to look into it when you're ready mm. and and this in particular is very much a book which you can have to be prepared to change if you want to put it into into practice what, yeah. what you read definitely um which i think that You know, Jordan Peterson. He does. He says that you know people are human. You can't be expected to be doing the right thing every time, every day. Mm. You're going to get periods of bad luck or bad choices, which are going to have their effect. But it is it is to do with how you react or adapt
0: to those choices. Yeah, exactly. And as I say, when I when I did pick up this book. It took me a really long time to get through because, as I said, it was only the second book um, Mm -hmm. when what made me start reading. And I think this is probably the book that made me fall in love with reading because it held me to such a level where I really had to look at myself and think, "Okay, this is like what I'm doing is wrong. I need to really just make myself better. Uh And the fact that the book gave me that level of inspiration to improve myself it made me just fall in love with what books are. The fact that mm. somebody spent so much time and so much effort and study and research yeah. in compiling a whole book worth of text and it can be so meaningful. Mm-hmm. That's what made me just fall in love with books. So from then, I just I just carried on reading after that. But yeah, this book was very instrumental. So it's, a, it's another one that's really important to me. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a big undertaking for your second book mm. that you've <laughs> read, as you're saying, as an mm. adult. It's, it's quite yeah. an undertaking and plus it's it can be a little daunting or sort of intimidating but you've got to bear in mind it's how many years of practice must it be for him in in psychiatry or mm. analyzing people people's psychologies the way they work thousands of clients so really it is of use because there's a lot of data collected and averages taken and what works and what doesn't yeah. so it's 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 a lot of years worth of professional psychiatry gone into what makes this book up Mm. just like the tales from our previous book, the richest man of Babylon with the inscribing the tablets and stuff like that and being paid in knowledge because it, which is, it's it's a tome for that. I think
0: it really is a a useful, useful tool. Yeah. Future. So with this one, um, with this book review, we're going to try and do it similar to how we've done the last one where we'll go through the 12 rules Mm -hmm. and we'll both give our perception on it and kind of, Uh, our interpretation of the ideas. And then, if we have time at the end, we'll go through a few quotes that I've put down. And okay. um, if you have anything that was meaningful <clears throat> to you, yep, that's fine. So, the first rule is stand up straight with your shoulders back. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you?
1: Well, funny enough, it's something that when you're a kid, you'll get told by quite a few people, whether yeah. it's your mom, your dad, your Grandparents, you know, maybe don't slouch, stand up straight, that you know, don't you know it's one of those kind of fundamental rules which you just think is just about posture. But I mean, to me, and what I take from the book as well, is it is about what you give off and portray is how you'll be received and read. Um, it has different meanings, connotations for men and women. Um this one particularly, I, I would think literally for men is 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 about confidence about conducting yourself with some sort of self-respect and being someone who can or striving to be someone who can stand up straight with their shoulders back and their head up and have a reason for being like that you know and being able to be respected by peers and, and have your place in what is discussed a lot in the first chapter which is social hierarchies and the different roles which male and female and not just men and women in the human species but in the animal kingdom as well which i'm sure you'll probably discuss at some point but it's about that kind of self-respect yeah determination and taking your rightful place Mm. amongst your peers and
0: society yeah i think all of the rules are things that i'm still trying to work on and this (laughs) one in particular is something that i'm all i always find myself with my back bent over especially when i'm on the computer editing stuff like that i always find after a while that my back's just been so bent over and i have to just stretch out and like a prawn yeah (laughs) yeah exactly um but yeah i really like what he says about the serotonin and Mm -hmm. like the brain chemistry and stuff because he goes into detail about how uh, antidepressants work and mm-hmm. how it's all about your serotonin level and somebody who is positive and feeling good and has high serotonin they're going to be standing with their their chest up there but their shoulders yep. back like their head taking high taking their place yeah exactly yeah. and um somebody with really low serotonin levels they're going to be like punched over yeah and you can tell if you just uh watch people walking by you can see somebody who's like they're clearly going through a lot they're quite Mm -hmm. down they're quite depressed and you can see someone who's confident and it's like they're they're challenging the world sort of thing they're taking it on forthrightly they've got their shoulders back and they're walking with confidence Mm -hmm. and it's so interesting to hear him talk about it because you might think that this is just as you say it might just be posture but it's it's almost like a represent a physical representation of what's going on internally yeah and I think that is so interesting to me. That's like, that's something that it's like, when you feel good, you naturally just stand up a bit more straight. Yeah. And when you feel bad, you naturally just hunch over. So yeah, that, that was quite deep. And he he talks about uh, like the lobsters mm-hmm. and basically how if, if a lobster that is the top, he, if he ends up having a fight and loses he's not willing to fight again sort of thing.
1: No, not for quite some yeah. some time. And he kind of takes his place mm. in the hierarchy. Yeah, <clears throat> Excuse me, in the patriarchy, maybe. <laughs> and then, yeah, just accepts fate, mm. even if it's for a while. And then he talks about how if they... I think they gave them SSRIs, didn't mm. they? So they, they, they encouraged their serotonin levels to be higher. Mm. And then almost immediately they would... Be willing
0: to go back in again. Yeah. Mm. And they
1: went, you know, to have round two. Yeah. Because I think even just on a psychological kind of basis with
0: that kind of curved up
1: position is something like if you've ever had a a, a kicking of ever sort it's of, ever, it's ever come on top and you've been, you're going to protect your yeah, your, vital your vitals, weapons. your head and your face and mm. take a few in the back. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Rather than take them on in the, in the face or in the head or in the stomach or the ribs or something mm. like that. So it's a very kind of um, protective To be stance. back and up is, mm. is quite a, a s- display of stress free, and it's also like the difference between defensive and offensive. Yeah. So then you're more okay. Mm. You're, yeah, I'm, I'm.
0: You're ready for it. You're yeah. taking it on. Yeah, you, mm.
1: you're, you're. You're. It's like you're, you're displaying. You know what I mean? It's mm. almost. It, it is like a some sort of posture, like a like um, you know some birds will put up, some male birds will put up their yeah. plumage and it's all colourful and mm-hmm. stuff like that, peacocking in a way but it, it, it's important psychologically Yeah, definitely I think. and it will if, if you it it isn't easy Um, even for myself if you find yourself on those sort of downward kind of thoughts and spirals, it, it's so fast to get caught up with it, just like a drain hole you know, like a plug hole, the closer you get to the hole it starts spinning faster and faster and then you're yeah. gone, so I think it is important to try and try to keep yourself even keeled if you can, but better than that, stand up straight with your shoulders back yeah, and let the positive effects on your serotonin, your, the way that people will react to you and the, the feedback you'll get mm. sort of
0: perpetuate and, and keep feeding itself and grow from there. Yeah. And that's quite an interesting thing as well in terms of the way that people treat you because mm. If you are someone who's quite hunched over and you look like you're not confident or something it's more likely that somebody's going to give you a yeah. bit of a hard time. Yeah. Whereas if you're confident, you've got your shoulders back, yeah. It's people are just going to assume you you know you know what you're doing, isn't it? Maybe you're yeah. You're yeah. you're, you're well, very confident. They, they at least know that you're going to
1: have the the mindset that okay, you, you can start but you're gonna remember it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> even if you even if you win, you're gonna mm. you're gonna remember it when you look in the mirror tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you're aching. So. In terms of bullies as well, they will always be drawn to people that are already victim they're victimizing themselves internally. Yeah. You know, they're already on that downward spiral, So it's easier for them to they're not gonna sit there with a the, the fellow who's sitting back like that. Yeah. And just, you know, waiting for someone to give him some to try. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're gonna bypass him and you know, it's a very instinctual thing for, for bullies and from
0: school to to workplace, everywhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. wherever it's, you are. It's, it's, and it's yeah. really interesting because sometimes there'll be a child who's being bullied and the parents will opt to take the child out of school and bring them to another school only mm-hmm. to find that it happens there as yeah. well. Yeah. And it may be something as subtle as just the posture that they have mm-hmm. just makes people give them a hard time based on them looking like an easy target sort of thing yeah because quite often you'll see with kids and when you hear of certain kids being
1: bullied or you hear parents talk about you say why why is someone bullying him that or her that that they're really nice and then you realize that's what it is to you a normal person who's not a bully someone who's nice and pleasant and maybe quiet you might sit there with a kid you might chat with them or something if there's a kid you know and they might come out of their shell a little bit or if when you were a kid you might try and Try and encourage them to maybe get involved with something, or you know, give a little joke with them, a little back and forth. But that's what people who like to—they look for victims. Yeah. They don't look for adversaries. They don't look for enemies. They don't look for fights. They look for sure things. You know what I mean? Yeah. To victimize someone.
0: Yeah, because it's almost like they're getting their sense of validation from being able to, yeah, give someone a hard time. So they're looking for the person who they can easiest. Of course. Yeah, the, give the hard times to. Yeah,
1: I mean the lion will, will. If there's a a wildebeest with a limp, yeah, he's not going to chase the biggest. It's a predatory thing, mm. you know. Some people have got that, for whatever reason, whether they get some kind of
0: kick from it mm.
1: uh, psychologically.
0: I'm not sure. Once I read that chapter, it kind of just made me think about just the psychology behind it. And it also made me have a lot more understanding for what antidepressants are. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what they had done. I just assumed that they kind of like zone you out or something. But yeah. to hear him explain how it how it works on the lobsters yeah. made a lot of sense. And it, it made me think as well that there's probably, like there's, because I used to always just kind of dismiss antidepressants as they're not worth taking sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But if you have some sort of, chemical imbalance in your in, yeah. your in your brain chemistry or something like that maybe that is what it takes to yeah level that out so you can just function regularly mm-hmm. so yeah it just made me have more understanding for it that i didn't have before so it's yeah, it's a very deep chapter well i saw a i think it
1: was it was on youtube some kind of um talk jordan peterson was giving and he said it's some people say oh, I didn't want to be on antidepressants or I didn't want to rely on chemicals, and he said, "Well, would you not rather be alive? Mm. Because what you have, most a, a good percentage of people in in with your genetic disposition or whatever it is, they end up taking their own life mm. or taking drugs and and other barbiturates, whatever you call it, to to the point where they." lose everything and lose their life anyway. So at least if you try, you'll still be alive. You don't know they might work out. If they don't, then, you know, try something else. I mean, a lot of people probably would turn their nose up to scientific and modern kind of uh, chemical drugs and stuff like that because they're not particularly natural. But then neither is a lot of the weed that people are smoking. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't call that natural. It's It's never seen sunlight and its, its life it 's never had any fresh air on it mm. you know so whether you, someone smokes skunk or something like that mm. the, the The chemicals are all out of whack it 's not like the kind of stuff that just grows by the side of the road in India or mm. somewhere like you know it 's not mm. like that kind of natural or a mushroom in a field that's going to help you mm. you know get your mental stuff in order so really it's it 's a case of maybe picking your Picking your poison, or at least trying until some, you
0: find something that works. Yeah, and I think it's just uh, like a lot of stigma on it as well that yeah. makes it. Whereas with weed, people probably think it's cool or something, or they're they're just doing what like I don't know, all the celebrities are doing or something along those lines. Yeah, possibly. I mean, definitely not everyone should smoke weed. No,
1: definitely not. Some people, it it, it makes you a worse person. Mm. You know, it makes you paranoid. It made me. Over time, it will make you even schizophrenic. Mm. I know I I know few people that are just lost to it basically. Mm. Can't function without it. But you're not functioning anyway. Mm. You can't do anything. You can't go out of the house. You can't you're aggressive, you're paranoid, and you rely on something which is not giving you a life at all. It's just so I don't really see the point in that. I think you should just try things which will move yourself and those around you, those close to you in, in a positive direction. Mm. And obviously not to get too far from the subject, but I think diet and exercise is the f- are the yeah. first steps. They should be your first steps. Mm, definitely. And sleep. I know it's, it's, it's cliched now to say it, but every time I let my diet slip, my sleep slip, I let stress creep in in some way, mm. I start missing my exercise or if I miss jiu-jitsu or I miss the, the gym. After a, a few weeks, it will have a negative effect on your mood. Yeah, your ego starts to go up. Your insecurities start to come in as well. Yeah. And these are things that, you know, don't really go well with standing up straight with your shoulders back.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think it makes an argument that by standing up straight and putting your shoulders back, you're almost convincing your internal brain chemistry that you do have more serotonin. It's like, it's almost like the serotonin is like a indicator to your social standing or something like that. Mm -hmm. And... By standing up straight and challenging the world forthrightly? It's like you tell yourself that you are worth existing with a higher level of serotonin. So it almost like it produces it yeah. based on that. Self-perpetuating. Kind yeah. Of. it will need some kinetic or some
1: sort of push force mm. to start off with. So it will be, like I said, cut out the sugar, yeah. maybe the drink, maybe the drugs for a little while, mm. ease off, don't go out so often. Start with just some basic stretches mm. and exercise, whether it's push-ups, sit-ups, anything, just maybe some sort of calisthenics, whatever they call it, body weight exercises, mm. pull-ups, whatever you can do. And then just move on from there. Just get yourself functional, get your body moving, you know, lubricated, operational, mm. and then move on from there. And yeah. some people will need extra help mm. because yeah. for any sort of reason, you know, some... Same way someone is tall or short or muscular or fat or skin they've got a predisposition or some sort of genetic makeup which will make something easier for them is the same way they can have a, a genetic makeup which also makes mental illness yeah. more uh prevalent or probably, yeah, and, and, and more likely to kind of take hold. Because some people get want a situation and react to it totally differently to someone else will and yeah, you do have to In some ways, force yourself to get it started and and have that self-belief. Not so much fake it till you make it, because I don't like that that phrase Mm. because I don't see what you're faking really because it's not like you don't deserve it. But start yourself off with this and get that energy
0: moving forward. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Rule two Mm -hmm. is treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping. Mm. What does that one mean to you?
1: The first thoughts would be don't neglect yourself, self-respect, self-care and... One of the examples in in that chapter in the book is about how you would take care of a dog or your own pet, whatever it may be. And if they get a problem, you would take them straight to the vets. You would find out what the issue was. If they needed a medication or some sort of procedure, or they needed a lifestyle change, quite often we would do it for our dog, but most likely not for ourselves. So, you know, it's the case of like you may be keeping your dog or your cat on the best food and walking them and giving us all this kind of exercise and yourself are obese and eating takeaways and stressed and overworked maybe you're caring for someone a family member or a loved one or a close friend or something like that and you're not taking the time to care
0: for yourself or give yourself time
1: Mm. that's how I see it yeah
0: and it was really interesting the way that he somewhat explained why we're like this he kind of put forward the notion that you're very aware of your imperfections everybody is very aware of their own imperfections we know yep. all of the bad things we've ever done mm-hmm. we know any time we've ever lied or anything like that so it's very easy to not like yourself it's like if if you know somebody and they've done like one thing you don't like and it's easy to just write them off and just not like that person anymore but you know all the things you've done that you don't like (laughs) yeah so there's a very strong drive for us to kind of not like ourselves and because nobody's perfect we all make mistakes and sometimes the mistakes really have negative effects Mm -hmm. and you've lived a whole lifetime with yourself so you know everything you've done and sometimes these things they compound and they become the thing where you just don't even like yourself anymore so you somehow get into a a habit of mistreating yourself or not doing what you know you should do to help yourself. Yep. And it's almost like you're spiting yourself subconsciously with every little thing that you're doing negative for yourself. And you wouldn't do that to somebody else, somebody else that you care about yeah, or you're responsible for looking after, for example, your pet or your child or yeah. like your little sibling or whatever it is, somebody that you actually care about. You would actually make the effort to do the things that they need. You know, it's good for them. But when it comes to ourselves, it's so much easier for us to just neglect that. Things like smoking all the time or drinking all the time or, yeah. as you say, eating loads of bad food to your Really unhealthy, or you're very stressed out and you're not doing anything to address these things, that's something that you wouldn't want to make somebody you care about endure. So, why make yourself endure it? Why not find a way to address these issues and fix them? And that really resonated with me as well because when I started reading this book, I was that person who was smoking all the time and who was indulging in things that was kind of self destructive. Mm -hmm. And I was quite unhappy as well. There was a lot of things that were negative factors of my life that I had no intention of dealing with and years on since I've read this book these things are no longer an issue in my life because of taking that accountability
1: and removing the the counterproductive yeah
0: elements when you
1: have a child or children you, you know how can you truthfully look them in the eye and advise them and tell them don't do something if you if like you're doing it yourself so you may be someone who smokes cigarettes or whatever or you drink too much more than you should do and you can say oh, you know, don't do what I do that, yeah <clears throat> but that's not really it's more like um maybe even like leading by example can come into that mm. I think if you continue to neglect yourself you know it could be a, a relationship you're in or it could be like I say if you're caring for someone or something it's not going to be long before maybe what you're doing it will become a chore mm. and you'll become resentful because it's not particularly the person's fault i mean you you chose to help them or whatever you do but if you're not taking that time to you know invest some energy in yourself and and make sure you're okay then you're not you're not going to be able to help anyone anyway eventually you're going to burn out some people do it for for a boss yeah they'll do it to make someone else rich to let someone else retire with a better pay packet or earlier or have holidays or something like that so it's it, it can come in many forms and guises I think but yeah. you, you do have to establish the, a level of self-respect and and control and care
0: I try to it's not always easy but it is it is important I haven't got children but something that I heard about children that I think makes sense maybe you can tell me if it does or not they say children do as you do and not what you say sort of thing so if you're smoking all the time and you're telling them not to smoke there's a high chance they're going to smoke anyway because that's what they've always known you to do and they look up to you
1: yeah they will tend to kind of imitate the stuff you don't want them to imitate mm. the f- they'll pick up swear words like that <laughs> and they'll you they'll you and they'll look at you like that and they'll, they'll mm. use them and you know like they say no <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you know that's a daddy word or something you know she, but then should i I shouldn't be talking like that permanently around I've got no problem with people that swear I think swearing is to me it enhances <laughs> yeah. it can be it can be funny comical mm. um I don't think you should have to live your life like some sort of 15th century Greek scholar mm. all the time. There should be aspects of life where you can sort of relax but yeah. when it, yeah when it comes to kids and stuff like that, they they will pick up things that you don't necessarily want them to and the stuff you do want them to pick up. As soon as they can feel that it's it's forced. Mm. It depends on the on the child, but uh, from from my experience, you know, I have a a small little multi gym, my son is five, and I'll say, Do you wanna to come to the shed and train? And he'll do a little something, and I'll get him mm. to count my reps and, and you know, and and it, he loves it. So if I if I do say to him now, he'll ask me even, mm. Are you going to the, the shed, Daddy? Like are we gonna track i like, Yeah, come let's let's go. So mm. it has to be has to be something you're genuinely doing. Yeah. If you want them to pick it up and it's positive, it has to be something you're genuinely doing or have done. Mm. It can't be something like telling them not to smoke when you do, yeah. or don't swear when you do, no, or telling
0: them to work out when you don't work out. Yeah. That's if you yeah, if you mm.
1: if you're obese and you know, you haven't got any muscle mass or any kind of fitness mm. or self control, responsibility, yeah. respect, no self defense. You know, what, what they're going to look to you for. Yeah. Just maybe their food and follow whatever the school tells them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it, leading by example, I think, would come under this a little bit. Mm. But it's mostly making sure you're okay. Yeah. You know, that's why someone will genuinely ask you sometimes, you've got some issues going on. Someone will say, but How are you doing? You've got all this stuff. But how, how, are you, how are you feeling? And sometimes you'll be a bit like, you haven't even thought I don't about know. It. I haven't thought mm. about it, and uh, that is life. I mean, you're going to get times where things just keep kind of happening, and you have to just weather it. You have to weather the storm, mm. and just you know wait till till the sky's clear a little bit, and you hear the birds again, and that kind of thing. Mm. But it, it doesn't last forever, you know. Hard times they don't last forever.
0: Mm. One final point on it as well. Um, mm. Back to the dog thing, where the example they use in the book is that if your dog needs you to look after it, you will do it. He also makes a point that your dog would rather you look after yourself as well. Yeah. For sure. So yeah. if you want what's best for them mm-hmm. on some level, you should be doing what's best for yourself as well. And it also yeah. links into what you said about at some point you might become resentful for all the stuff you're doing for this person, or it might be like the final thing that just breaks the camel's back. So if you sustain yourself, then there's more chance you're able to help for longer. So yeah, it makes sense to look after yourself. Of course. In this new time that we're living in, there's a lot of emphasis on just being happy with whatever you are, however you are, even if you're really unhealthy and all of that sort of stuff, you should just be happy and yeah. all of that narrative. But I think true self-love is where you look after yourself as well. You're looking after someone else. Like yeah, you, you take care of your health, like you would take care of your child's health or something mm-hmm. like that. And, or your mental well-being the same way you'd care about someone you you care about yeah the beauty of it is when
1: you read the rules you already sort of intrinsically or instinctually you know a lot of them to be true yeah because a lot of them you've been experienced told Mm -hmm. and and you know from from a young
0: child you know what i mean rule three is make friends with people who want the best for you yeah what does that mean to you it's pretty
1: straightforward the Mm -hmm. way it's said but it isn't easy always because you know to to make a friend it takes time yeah and there's certain I suppose checkpoints or maybe barriers that we have up where people have to pass them to be you know you may keep some people as acquaintances at certain distances that that's perfectly fine functional and other people you choose to let closer and it is important I think to keep people that likely have your best interests in mind because the truth is that, like most of us, most people are, are caught up in their own thing and their own interests. Because, yeah. like the previous chapter talking about self-responsibility and care, is what everyone will, will do primarily. I mean, example of you with your podcast and the way that you're progressing with it, and you know you're, you're working hard at it, and and you work as well. You you, you know I think I think you're doing really well, and I, I'm genuinely pleased. To see you succeed. Thank you, man. You know, it, it, that, that's I that's 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 what I how I see it, hmm. and you know it's but and, and I I enjoy coming and having the discussion and hopefully helping to push yeah, I really it along. You, yeah, no, I, I appreciate you asking me, but some people don't necessarily see it like that. I mean, an example of when when I was younger and I started driving when I turned 18, just after my 18th birthday. Um, and the first car I I got was obviously it was an old Peugeot 106. Mm. Not it wasn't too battered, but it wasn't it definitely wasn't luxurious and there were a lot nicer yeah. cars out there at the time. But what I think is important when you don't necessarily realise when you're young like that, but what is important is you get something that you don't particularly like. You're gonna have a few little prangs here, there, a few curbs, maybe a post. I didn't have too many from you know, touch wood from what I can remember. But I just remember, I remember this car as well. If it had been, if it was raining or it had been raining and, and water had been sitting on the roof, like the sunroof, if I took a sharp, like a little mini roundabout yeah. or something, the water would come in with the, you know, whatever, whichever direction the sort of G-force was going, mm. the water would come in. So if some, if if it was this way, I'd get an ear full of water <laughs> or my passenger would get an ear full of water. Mm. And it was just quite comical. And um, one time I nearly burnt my face off with the with the radiator cap. Have you ever done that? Yeah. yeah, if you get a problem to anyone who's now, I mean, it's all different. But back then, if you took your radiator cap off and the water had been running low, you get like steam just come, <laughs> pssst, and one time I nearly bur- burnt my face off taking mm. that off. So that's if your if your fan gives up, I think it's not cooling properly, so it overheats. My family, anyway. So just I'm just saying, I'm giving you a picture of what this car was like. Yeah. It was it was functional, but it wasn't definitely wasn't luxurious. But I was proud of it and just happy to be driving. And I had a friend of mine, well, I say friend, I don't really, looking back, consider them that now. And it's someone that I'd even, you know, I'd been friends with, that they'd even been bullied at one point, and I stopped them being bullied from when we were around about 15, I suppose. Um, And I'd help them out with a few things and advise them on some stuff, and, you know, they wanted some help decorating and stuff, I'd help them out. And they'd seen me get this car, and then a few months later they came, well, maybe a year or so later, I hadn't heard much from them at all. They just one, they just didn't want to maybe speak to me, and I thought, okay, fair enough, it happens. I've got other friends, you know what I mean? And then one day they came around about a year or maybe 18 months later, they came around with their their car, and it was nice. Mm. It was their first car, I think. It was nicer than my car. In terms of newer, did you still better, have the pleasure more, at a time? No, no, no. I I, I started working by then. Hmm. I I was at college when I got my first car, but by the time I left college and I started working, I bought a new car within a few months. Hmm. I would bought a nice Ford focus, and I'd finally bought a car that I liked, hmm. and it was wasn't too silly, but it was a nice car. I had alloys on it, and it had leather seats and hmm. tinted windows, and I had it just nice. Yeah, and my friend come friend came and showed me their car knocking and it was quite like (laughs) strutting about their car and I thought I said I said that's nice I said it's really I said that's really I had a look around and you know I was was complimentary because I was genuinely pleased that their first car they'd they'd got their license their first car it was a nice car Hmm. but I think in their mind they were still expecting me to be driving my Peugeot Mm -hmm. and when I said I said just just like I said oh, yeah I, I got my my one a few months ago whatever oh, what did you get and they're really keen and I remember seeing this person's face as we just turned the corner of my street and I showed them my car I remember their face going from a smile and literally watching it go like that and it was a look of it was a look of like disappointment it's mm. almost like this person had been maybe I was reading too much into it but I'm not stupid And it was almost like this person had been waiting for this moment to show me that their car was better than my car. Mm. And when they'd seen that they didn't know, when they'd seen that I'd bought a and I'd upgraded my car to something much more sort of uh, not luxurious but nicer Uh, than my first one, it just sucked all the wind out of their sails. And I thought this isn't a friend. Yeah. And I didn't hear nothing from them from that point on. Mm. And I'm quite happy with that. Yeah. So that's an example of someone who I think it's a bit of a long winded story, but, no, but it's I just it's a nice little it. example of what I could read from someone mm. who wasn't a friend, mm. you know? Yeah. And it's someone that I'd tried to, I'd helped in the past, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of, like I said, I'd stopped them being bullied by someone at one point.
0: And yeah, it obviously wasn't a genuine person. Yeah, I don't think it's strange like that. It's like some people you tell them good news and they're not happy. No, no, <laughs> genuinely It's not. almost like you've you've like ruined their day. That something good's happened to yeah, you. Yeah,
1: but I don't see how it's how it can be a bad thing. Mm. You know, you'll be more success. You'll get more success with this, and you know we could be sitting here in five years time. It doesn't t- take from anything that I do the fact that you've done something because you're the one who's you've put in the work. You've worked full time, invested in the equipment done your research found that something doing something that you enjoy in conversations that you you want to have and look yeah. forward to and are better in yourself yeah why can't why that can only be good yeah, what's definitely. the what, what would i prefer that i come around and you're on oh yeah i'll take heroin now <laughs> right, i've lost everything you know is yeah. that gonna is that gonna make me feel better mm. i don't think so no
0: yeah it's so strange it's like there's some people they're just genuine friends and it's like Eight, if something good happens for you they're happy as well yeah and then there's other people who it's like you can't tell them anything good because it makes them really upset or it makes them they go quiet yeah they go quiet <laughs> yeah. and then they're or their all their face up-ish. drops yeah, yeah. When you show them it. yeah so i think the rule it basically it kind of makes you think about it and makes you kind of put the friendships you have under scrutiny and work out are these people really friends or are they not Mm. And it's like you'll be trying to quit smoking or something. And they're just really trying to give you something to smoke. Yeah. They really want you to smoke. And it's like if you were smoking, they wouldn't be trying to give you nothing to smoke. But the fact that you've stopped now makes them want to give you something. So that it's almost like you failing validates them. Yeah. Instead of, oh, I'm really happy for you. It's, you just got to kind of work out what people's intentions are. Are they good friends? Are they people who, want the best for you or are they people who they don't like good things happening for you and it's very hard to tell is because sometimes you sometimes you'll have somebody who you've been around for a really long time and you really like them and you do want the best for them but for some reason they they don't return that same energy something good will happen for them you're really happy about it something good will happen to you and they're not happy about it and it's sometimes you get in these these sorts of relationships even, even with like uh it might be a partner that somebody might have or something and everything good that happens, they have something negative to say about it. Yeah, I mean, that must be incredibly difficult. If, you, if you're if you going out
1: with someone or you're married with someone who's like that, for me personally, I would be single. Yeah. I, it would not bother me. one. You wouldn't see me. It, someone like that, I would just drop, mm. you know.
0: Yeah. Literally, just like a stone. I wouldn't have worked there. I would not stay around. Yeah, but you know, that. some people are in these sorts of situations where yeah, it's just gone on for so long.
1: Some people are just terrified of being alone. Mm. I don't know for what reason. Will it? Will it make you self-reflective, like in this book, and will mm. you have to address things? I don't know. Do they have a problem with needing to be loved? Maybe, but it, quite often, what I see from these kinds of relationships, there's no love there anyway. Yeah, and it's all one way, mm. and they're just mistaking some sort of casual. You know, friends with benefits kind of relationship as,
0: as love. It so might be a thing where this is the only version of love they've ever experienced, possibly. even from their parents or something. And then it just becomes a thing where they yeah. get someone who makes them feel what they've always felt, and then they kind of yeah. just continue in that type of thing. Like their idea of a relationship is just inherently like preset, bad. Yeah. Mm.
1: We said. I mean, I know I've mentioned this before. I probably I think one of the previous podcasts, but the 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 feeling and fact that somebody loves you when they don't have to, they don't know you, they they didn't know you, so they do now, but they didn't know you, they're not your parents, they're not your sibling, they're not a family member, they're not your grandparents, they're not an old friend that cares about you from years ago. There's someone that is of all the so many billion people that are on the planet you've happened to meet Mm. and you love each other and they, they love you because they choose to is totally different. Yeah. And I suppose it is, I mean, maybe there are three types of care or love like that. Maybe you have your parental, the love your parents have for you, the love you have for them, and then for your partner, your spouse, your wife, your husband, whatever. And then the the love that you have for your children, mm. which is again, different. When they can first speak and they say, I love you. And they say, they say, daddy or mummy, you know, it will, it will catch you off guard and it will make you, get emotional and work because it's just it's it's a phenomenon it's just so different so I mean that kind of desperation that fear of being alone I think will never attract Mm. genuine love anyway
0: yeah it's almost like what we said about the bullies who target the person who is hunched over yeah it's like if if you have that type of desperation maybe you attract the person who will abuse that
1: yeah and a a lot of people I mean particularly quite quite a few women as well tend to some reason, keep getting into relationships with abusive mm. partners, yeah. uh, physically abusive and emotionally abusive and financially abusive as well. It does happen, I think, the other way sometimes, but most of the time it's, it's male abuse to the female. Yeah. And again, it's just, like you said, it's just like some sort of preset that they've got, maybe examples they've seen from when they were kids. Yeah what they thought was functional, what they thought was genuine love, and it just
0: it just wasn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's another deep one. It can get very deep, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have to be, yeah. I don't yeah. go too far with it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but it's it's a great chapter. It definitely makes you think about things. Yeah. And all of the... For sure, the yeah. Chapters are like that. Okay, so rule four, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. What does that mean to you?
1: Like I said, you're... Success or lack of success doesn't really benefit me in any way. Mm. I'm happy f- for it, your success. But people will often, I-, I think, look at a situation, look at a person who maybe is success, and don't even have to be successful. You can just be slightly successful in something, or st- more successful than they deem themselves to be, mm. and they will say, "Why has he got that? Why? Why can't I? I Let's just say, "How? Mm. How is he? If that's what I want, well, that's what I want to do. How is it done?" And Then you have to implement the changes with yourself. And it, it happens in work, in between siblings sometimes it can happen. Mm. Friends, again, like with the example I gave with the car. Yeah, It is said, isn't it, the comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah. yeah I don't know if I've it's Twain, that. is it Mark Twain or someone? I'm not sure. I don't, know, sure, it I, I don't it. know, but mm. it's, it rings a bell with me. Mm. And it truly is. Secondly, it's just so unproductive. Because you're literally wasting energy counting someone else's, their loot or whatever. They've, you know, you're looking at them thinking, oh, they've got this. Just don't worry about that. If you want success, you're going to have to put the blinkers on and just be determined in what what you're doing. And it's just, again, like standing up straight with your shoulders back. It's just self perpetuating that kind of, you'll find when you're in that kind of high energy, focused mind in your own business, things will, will change. and And they do. I mean, maybe I'm fortunate that I, uh, my nature is uh, I don't really see things that way, uh, comparing myself to other people. I'm not sure
0: why. It's probably just a flawed logic, and
1: you've just yeah, it, it, yeah, maybe out it's just. And I'm not saying mm. I'm, I have plenty of faults with myself and stuff like that. I, I accept the fact that I, I I've made mistakes and I do, you know I'm by no means perfect myself. I, I you know there's a lot of things that quite often I need to address in my life. I don't you, don't, you can't always have the energy to sort everything at once, but yeah. quite often, like this says, you just, to start with one thing is often good enough. And I think instead of wasting that energy on me worrying about what you're doing, what phone you have or what car you drive or your job or you've just got a promotion or whatever, yeah. and am I out of work maybe? Yeah, but what about when I get a job? That's a success. Or when I get a promotion, you know, one day maybe you'll have children you know, it's just it, it, it will happen, but not while you're looking elsewhere.
0: Yeah. One of the interesting things that they say in the book is you might see someone driving a supercar that looks awesome and mm. you're thinking, Oh, he's so lucky, he's got this awesome supercar but that guy might be thinking about wrapping it around a lamppost. He's he might be so yeah. done with his life and yeah. he's just he's ready to just call it a date. Well
1: Tyson Fury
0: said that he was,
1: mm. didn't he? You know the boxer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He he said that um he was driving his Ferrari or whatever it was. I don't know what it was worth hundreds of thousands of pounds. And he just wanted to drive it into a tree.
0: Yeah. So are you envious of that? Yeah. That's the thing it's, you can't, it, you just really can't know what someone else is going through. you no. can't know the ups and downs that it is. You don't know what it costs them to be where they're at at that point. No. They may have lost everything and regret it. And now yeah. they have this awesome car or whatever, but, they would trade it they would trade everything for just the normal life to what they had before, but they can't it's like they've done it that whatever's happened has happened in their life and they're now dealing with that yeah and as I say the the book's very introspective it it gives you an actual anchor to to compare yourself to your previous self because mm-hmm. you know who you are yeah you know if last year you was drinking and smoking or you was um unhealthy eating Mm -hmm. like crazy food you was really depressed and you've quit you've quit drinking you've quit smoking now you can be proud of that Mm -hmm. It, it doesn't matter that some people have never smoked and they've always been way like they've always had more discipline you've developed discipline within yourself you should be happy about that you should be proud about that and you should carry on bettering yourself without allowing somebody else's journey to make you feel like it's pointless Yeah, of course. Because another thing that they say as well is, I can't remember the exact way that he said it, but he said something along the lines of, "Who cares if you're the president of some company when there's someone who's the president of USA or something?" Said it in here, yeah. Mm.
1: So yeah, (laughs) no one cares if you're the president of Canada if if yeah, you know why why are you not the president of the United States? Exactly. So there's always the king or the queen, you know, or the (laughs) Sultan of Brunei. Why is it? Why are you not? So yeah it, it truly is a compare uh, um a you thief of try. joy mm. comparison definitely
0: yeah it also somewhat blurs your accomplishments it's like you you're unaware of your accomplishments if you're not comparing yourself to yourself no because you could have worked really hard and achieved something <laughs> awesome but all of the joy of that is gone because somebody else has something that you perceive to be better
1: you can break it down to something is simplistic and it's it's true for pretty much all of life, you need to say you, you decide you want to get in shape. You start off and you can, you can muscle out five to ten press-ups, probably mm. five if you've never, yeah. or if you haven't trained for a long time, and it's really hard, but you keep at it, and by the end of the month, you'll be doing 50 straight out, mm. 60. You know, w- Within six months, you'll do 100 straight, mm. or three months, if you really stick to it and you do it every day. And you will change. You will physically change. You'll mentally change. Yeah. You and it's just that accumulation, and that's what you can compare, can compare it to. If you keep mm-hmm. a little notepad and you put, this is my workout for today. So many hundred push ups, hundred sit ups, hundred squats. Mm-hmm. And you t- and you you'll see. You won't start off at that, but you'll see over the and then the next week, you add twenty more, mm-hmm. or maybe fifty more, whatever, however many you you want to. But it will accumulate it will build up and you will improve yeah or you could just see someone in the gym and just say why don't i look like that yeah i'll never be that big so you just give up yeah Mm. because you don't that person's training
0: five days a week Mm. so yeah and that person has been on their own journey where they've got to a point where they're at where they are today but you don't know the journey it's like they could have they could have started off as a really scrawny yeah, child that was getting bullied and mm-hmm. now they're this tank of a human being but from 15 20 years of working very hard yeah or alternatively they could have just been genetically gifted. designed like that yeah gifted yeah. like that and there's no point comparing yourself to this no, person I mean someone
1: all. could have inherited all their wealth they could mm-hmm. be very wealthy because their parent was a was in some sort of oil back in the day or some kind yeah. of new investment that's and they've inherited millions so what are you going to do go back and be born again Mm. with a rich parent there's Mm. no point so you just have to yeah see what you can do to improve and focus on that yeah definitely don't waste the energy elsewhere
0: definitely doesn't matter who it is they have something that you don't have and you have something that they don't have of course yeah all of these things really hit home for me man it's course, yeah it's just a complete restructuring of value and understanding Mm -hmm. in my life i'm thankful that jordan b peterson wrote this yeah definitely Rule five, this one's an interesting one. Do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. What does that mean to you? How do you interpret that?
1: Well, it is difficult. My experience of parenthood only really spans five, a bit years. I think this is something that someone who's much further down the line as a parent who has pretty much raised a child to maybe 18, at least 15 can really give you an, an idea of this because obviously they, they, they just change so much um, but I think again with the, with the kind of resentment thing you, you, you want to in a, in a way lead by example invest the time and love into your children so that they can i mean ideally for me you, you want them to be maybe better versions in a way of yourself it's a bit weird it's a bit like cloning but you, you, you there's certain things that you want to instill in them because you see them as good qualities that make sense socially they make sense for the fervorment or of your genetic dna for them to become viable people that end up being in relationships independent having children themselves and because ultimately i mean we are a we are an animal at the end of the day and we do want to propagate or continue our gene line. It's one of our drives. But yeah, I think you just want to, maybe it's like you want to avoid that resentment down the line if maybe from you or from them, if you're not paying attention to them and they become, because like one of the points made is that lack of involvement with a child is a form of abuse as well. Yeah, And it isn't easy, Ash, I can't lie, There's, you're not going to be able to devote Every single hour of your day mm. to your kids, there's going to come a point when you're going to have to let them make mistakes, do things. Yeah, mm. you, you have, and yes, and and as they get older, one of the main ways we learn is from mistakes. But you just got to hope that you can maybe direct them so those mistakes are not so, mm. you know, that that the ups and downs are quite minimal, like a nice smooth wave to it, rather than mm. crashes or a series of just mm. low points. And and I remember on one of your previous podcasts with. Paul, you were discussing about protecting children. And I can understand you want to protect your children, but you need to give them the tools to be able to face life. It's like the the old saying of you give a man a fish he eats for a day, you teach him how to fish he eats for a lifetime. So it's, again, it's that kind of trying to teach them, we do this and this is why we do this. If you do this, life will be, from my experience, slightly easier. But again, to, to not be involved with them or overprotect them is the same as not protecting them at all because you're not giving them the, the, the ability to protect themselves. Yeah. And, and you know the world it, it is a scary place, particularly if you live in, in a, in a city or something like that. I've thought about it many times. My son is only young, but I try not, I don't want to be hard on my son because he is young, but certain things, there's certain things about a base level of respect and manners, which are important because the, the truth is, unless you, they're difficult to look, they're difficult to control even at four, four or five, a child if they if they kick off. With, luckily, my, my son doesn't too much, but by the time they're 12, 14, 15, you, you, you're not going to rein them in. If you're not doing your job at home early on and they're going to be raised out there, mm. someone in the street, and someone who maybe they don't have parents. Mm. And like the previous mention about, you know, about it, your friends that you keep, the company you keep, they want the best for you. Mm. A lot of people out there don't. So if you get a kid, if your kid is from an overprotective family or a family that is intact, like the mum and dad are there, but the dad is absent or hasn't instilled some of these values Mm. in the child, and they go into the street and someone who's had a shit life has been either abused, neglected, and they're angry like crabs in a bucket and they want to pull everyone down with them. Misery loves company. Of course. Mm. And, you know, your child is not going to drag them up. Because mm. the child is not, you know, it's only going to go down. Yeah. It can only be a negative situation. So I think it, it's It's quite difficult. I mean, because you don't really, there's going to be times when you, because with kids, I mean, it's just, from from day one, it can be chaos. Because when they're infants, you know, when they're newborns and babies, up to their probably two, you're not really going to get much sleep. There's always going to be something. They may not be a child that sleeps very easily. So you're going to be tired. You may be resentful. Then you may not particularly at times like them anyway, mm. as in, oh, I've got to get up at half five. I need to sleep. Can you, you're going to be thinking this to yourself, why won't you sleep? Just go to you know. But you're always going to, most people, you're going to love them unconditionally, mm. no matter what. You know how they are we we couldn't survive without love. There's no way you would put up with what a small infant puts you through as a parent mm. without love. You wouldn't do it back in the, the the tribal days and the village days. people would just be chucking them to the wolves if mm. it wasn't for love you know so that's it dislike I think comes in this sense further down the line when they're developed and as they're becoming their own men and women, young adults. Mm. And I think it's about passing on to them what is gonna benefit them and you and your relationship with them and their ability to be functional, balanced,
0: and nice people in the future. This topic is like very interesting to me because mm-hmm. I haven't had any children yet, and it's something that I'm planning on doing some point soon, yeah, probably in the next couple of years, okay if I'm lucky enough to have children like we don't know what will happen in life, but I do want children. I do want a family. And it's very interesting to me. I've asked a lot of questions. So you mentioned I spoke with Paul about some of these topics. I've spoke with a lot of different people about what the best way to raise children is, um, that sort of stuff. And most of the time, if I give an opinion on it, I'm quickly shut down with some, like the comments, everyone saying, I don't know what I'm talking about because I haven't Mm. got any children. And fair enough, I haven't got any children. And I actually don't know what it would be like to actually have a child so but i am very curious that's why yeah. I've, i keep asking these questions and talking about these sorts of things Yeah, but then
1: that's probably why you would you've got a very t- to me your temperament is very good you're patient you're thoughtful you're prepared i mean look, look what you're doing here it's transferable so there's pl- there, you know how many people out there that sh- shouldn't have kids and unfortunately, they seem to be the most <laughs> prolific at making kids, and they don't yeah. ever care for them properly. They don't raise them. Yeah. The state might raise them. Um, some people do it to get money from the state, just literally have kids like a like some sort of hustle, you know, uh, illegal puppy farm or something. They're just <laughs> pumping out kids like nobody's business. But yeah. you've got to look at look at it like this. Well, then people that are more, as yourself, prepared and, and positive, you should be having kids yeah. because that's what we need. The human race needs people that are going to keep things going in yeah. the future. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think you should dismiss people in saying like, "Oh, you won't understand." You're not going. Someone can say that to you, and they're in the pub every night. Hmm. You're not. You're not a dad. You don't know anything about your kids. You've never spent any time with them. Probably, maybe you've never cooked them a meal, hmm. or never done anything of any real worth. You've, you've maybe pushed that off to your to your wife or whatever. So, I mean. No one should disregard because you you could be a better dad than all of those people that are speaking. So I think the fact that you're even thinking about it and you're thinking about it sensibly, you're thinking about it. You can't. I don't. There's never going to be a right time to do it, ever, because I don't think you're ever really going to be wealthy enough. Uh, the, the one thing I would say is probably it, <sighs> the thought of doing going through. having a young infant like a like a baby in your late 40s and 50s and stuff, so, it would be i think quite Difficult. exhausting mm-hmm. because it, it re- i mean if you're in a situation where you don't have to work but the the, the problem is life just still goes on yeah so you're not going to get sleep for so many however many weeks months whatever mm-hmm. um you have to be your response, especially as as a as a man as well. Because I, I found when when I found out my wife was pregnant, it was, I straight away became probably more driven and more obsessed with right. Especially, I think with a, with a first child, you you tend to do this anyway, but more sort of possessed about right. We need to get this done, this that, And you, it 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 may be the boost you need in your life in some way that gives you more energy gives you more drive because sometimes life if it, i mean let's be honest i mean without them what really is yeah and that's not that's not a a slight or an insult to people that haven't had children whether they've chosen not to or that maybe they can't mm-hmm. i have full respect and sympathy for their decisions or their circumstances but we are like every other creature here to continue yeah. you know and this is this is just the way we do it but I, no, I don't think you should feel discouraged. You, you won't understand. Yeah. From one day you haven't got a child and then literally a, a few moments later you have. And, you know, if you're there... I was there f- for the birth of my son. I cut the umbilical cord and it's quiet. There's a lot going on. But um, it is it is a whole different kind of love and care and responsibility, which you, you won't understand until you're in that circumstance. But yeah, th- I, w- I would never sort of dismiss someone's opinion on, because ultimately you're a hardworking taxpaying citizen mm. in this setup we've got going on, yeah. you know, in this modern world. So you've got as much right, you pay for other people to have give birth on the NHS. So you've got as much right to, to chirp in as anybody else. Yeah. You won't know certain things. Mm. You know uh, what it's like to change a nappy, put a nappy on the ch- kid, and they literally just crap the <laughs> nappy straight away at yeah. three o'clock in the morning. Mm. There's certain things that you won't. There's tight ty- levels of tired and frustrated, <laughs> and <laughs> that you'll never know. Mm. But then they say, "Daddy," yeah, and the the rest of the world just melts away, mm. and you wouldn't swap it for anything. Mm. You know, there's times you'll lose your your temper and shout and but you'll feel bad straight away normally afterwards and there's times they're going to fall over and bump their knee or their head and your your heart is going to jump out of you 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 wouldn't feel like that for yourself mm. but for them you do so you won't know until you do but don't don't be discouraged mm. i think you'll be a, a good dad personally i think you're you're a very nice stable person
0: thank you man and, I, uh, I, I hope I will be <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not discouraged to to have a child like I definitely still want a child and people s- encourage me to have a child especially because mm-hmm. I'm getting old again uh, a bit older now and um but <laughs> but the they I'm just reluctant to give opinions on how best to raise a child because whenever I suggest something it's I'm quickly reminded that I don't know because I'm not I haven't been in it, and that is a fair point. As you say, there's a level of love that yeah, because I'm looking at it quite matter-of-factly without yeah, do, having yeah. something that, a, per, a person that I love that much yeah. to that level. Of course, you, you're hmm. gonna do, you're gonna do that,
1: and you're gonna have ten pairs of this and ten, and this and that, and you're gonna buy things and equipment you're never gonna use. Hmm. <laughs> you're gonna spend money you don't you didn't need to spend, and it's you know it's very. There's a few basic essentials that you will need as as a dad, but then saying that if you're, there's a there's a some phrase about it takes a village to raise a child or some old sort of term, yeah, and it does. Mm. I mean, if your kid is kicking his football against my door mm. at nine o'clock in the evening, and I, I, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna say to him, I'm gonna question your raising of that child, mm. and then I'm gonna have a problem with you if you try and tell me that this that's right what you're doing. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it takes more than just the, the parents, but the, the parents do have to put that mm. initial, those
0: fundamental sort of rules and, and yeah. social laws in place. So do you think it's a like slippery slope? Do you think it's like something like, imagine your child lies to you, mm. you know that they lied, you don't reprimand them, and then they get into the habit of lying, and then it gets to a point where you don't trust them anymore at all. And then is that, do you think that's how it goes? Like it's just a slippery slope and it just gets to a point where you actually don't like them anymore.
1: No, I think, it, no, the way you're looking at it there is like they're a stranger and they are literally an extension of you, which is what you you will realise. So you you can't ever look at them like that really. And Even they, they are going to lie. builds up all the like, way. Yeah, well, <laughs> they're going to say silly things that they might, my son might chuck a crisp packet somewhere like behind the sofa. <laughs> and I'll say to him, I'll say, don't do that again. Mm. It was a ghost. <laughs> oh, it was a ghost. Okay, fair. They'll say silly little, and mm. they, and they'll push you in ways, you know, they'll do mm. silly little things. But I think what this comes to is, this is like stuff as in your child running around a restaurant, embarrassing you, the family, mm. flicking their food, and then having tantrums, starts. smashing things, being spiteful, being spiteful for longer than they should do. Because they will, as, I mean, I think particularly boys, they will be, more prone to rough and tumble. Mm. Um, my son, my son will say to me, "Daddy, uh, let's fight." <laughs> like that, <laughs> he has that from mm. when he was younger. Mm. Fight, and like, you know, and he just wants to rough and tumble, and he wants yeah. to roughhouse. And again, in 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 this book, it talks about mm. how boundaries are set yeah. by how you play with your kids, particularly boys when they're younger, and they learn. Oh, this is this is playing like like a puppy does, you know. Mm. This is playing, this is messing around, this is fun. But that's the line there. Mm. Now You don't poke someone in the eye, you don't bite, you don't, you know, this is established then. Like with a puppy, you do the same thing. They've got very sharp teeth and they might mouth you, but if they start to bite or they start to rip or chew things up, you tell them off. And it just comes to implementing discipline Mm. in a way. And it doesn't have to be like locking someone in a cupboard, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be abusive Mm. because I think like you're saying about slippery slopes, if it's done often enough, little and often, you can sort of guide into it. It's like steering, you know. You you keep yourself on the road like this. You don't let go of the steering wheel, wait till you're going towards the curb, and then (laughs) jerk back onto the road like that and expect everything to be okay. It's just about corrections as you go. Mm. And then it's hard and then not overcorrecting because you don't want to destroy their spirit. Yeah. Some, I think, some kids you're never going to destroy their spirit. They're always going to be fiery. A handful, <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to, yeah. I think so. But mm. yeah, it's it's another it's another good point, and it's not one easy to read because you think oh, I dislike my own children, but you you will at points, you know. You love them unconditionally, but there's certain things you can't let take root mm. and and let it build up because you know that trajectory is is different what is it going to lead to by the time they're 12 14 16 you don't them running about with a knife yeah. in their pocket waiting to stab someone
0: on a bus who's from another school so Do you do hear about these parents that have given up on their child they don't care what their child's doing or where their child is and they've just yeah. let them out they're typically the ones that are just on the street looking well, to they, they, I mean, they stab must someone do. they must do because
1: mm. I, I, the thought of my son being somewhere—I I, I mean, he's, he's still young—but I would never not know where he is uh, while he's a, you know, a juvenile. Mm. It just wouldn't be the case. I wouldn't—I wouldn't not know where he was and what he was doing. And I don't see that as being overprotective. I see that as someone who's experienced uh, people pulling a knife on them. Mm. And. Gun as well. At one point, I know what's out there, mm. and it can very, very easily turn sour really fast. And every day you see it. Someone's. This is. my I mean, I have an uh, girls, and and and, and I, I'm ignorant to that point, so I wouldn't offer up an opinion on that to someone who is the parent of of a girl, mm. because. I think they're different at different stages. I think they say they're easier to look after when they're younger, but not when they get older. And boys can sometimes be the other way around. But I mean, who knows, really? But I think it is important. It is important to instill discipline. Mm. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Yeah, quite a deep chapter, and Very. he goes into a lot of examples of children doing things that the parents are just they don't, they can't understand, and they just basically, yeah. and and also the choosing to be ignorant to the fact that.
1: You know, you want it so when your child is in... The uh, example he gives is when your child is in company or you have friends over or you go somewhere, mm. they're happy to see the child.
0: Yeah, and they want to do good yeah, things not, for the child. Yeah, they're closed. not
1: sort of like, oh, fucking hell. they're not looking like that when the kid starts running around and throwing this and yeah. won't shut up and keeps interrupting the conversation. Mm. You don't have to be like a drill sergeant with them, mm. but if they do get involved in the conversation, let it be something that's pleasant or, yeah. you know... Is picked up on the right social cues, and you teach them how how to do that. And it isn't easy. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna butt heads with you a- a- along the way. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important as well as, as with your uh, spouse, partner, whatever, when you're raising a kid, is to be on
2: the
0: same page.
1: You're not. Yeah, you're gonna see things differently. Like one may see more discipline necessary. One may be more lenient, but. I really think you shouldn't let the child, because what the child will do is turn one against the other. Mm. They're ve- they're very clever. They'll do, way, oh, but mummy said this or daddy <laughs> said I can. Th-. And you might not have said anything, but it's when the little lies start to get and the little manipulation starts to get yeah. in, and sometimes it's funny. But most of the time it's funny, and you go, "Oh right, mummy said that, did she? Okay, yeah. Mm. Well, we'll check. Oh no, uh, no, we don't have to check. No, maybe I'll go and <laughs> ask her. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, you don't need to ask her, <laughs> but. Like I say, when that's not funny, when you're out somewhere and you're looking to find, you know, you might be lost or you're looking for somewhere or you're trying to eat a meal, and yeah. it, that's when it's not funny. So that's when you have to kind of rein it be in, be on the same page, yeah. as you said, with things. Even if you don't 100% agree, you've got to display a united front, yeah, in order to get the behavior you desire. And it doesn't have to be too strict, but in my opinion that's important teamwork
0: yeah and one final point on it um, before we move to the next rule in the chapter he mentions that the relationship between a parent and a child is almost like a precursor to the relationship with the child in the world Mm -hmm. so if you as a parent find your child very annoying and don't like your child anymore then a hundred percent, when your child's out and about, oh, yeah. other people who don't care about your child will be even more annoyed with him, and yeah. will probably do some bad things to your child because yeah, could do. Yeah, so it's it's better that you make your child, as you said, make your child pleasant to be around. Make mm-hmm. it where they're a joy to be around. They make you like some children. They just they make you happy just being around them because they're yeah. they're just friendly and they're and they're smart and most do, yeah. to be honest. I mean,
1: <clears throat> if you can't. Uh, un- to be fair, before I had a kid, I never really noticed kids. To be honest, I didn't. You know, it, it just it, you have family members and stuff that they, they may have. You have maybe you have cousins or you have nieces, nephews, whatever. And you sort of they often like you because, you, especially when you're younger, they like someone who's young and a lot of fun. And you maybe you play football or you make silly faces or do voices. And if you're someone like that, kids will just love you anyway. You know, yeah. they great. But I never really. Noticed children until I had my, but now I do. I, I pick up on things a lot more. Mm. And you're not, and you think, why they're not watching that kid? No, it's not, mm. and you feel like you've got to say something, mm. you, mate. Your kid is walking near the curb on a busy road, yeah. Or your kid is doing, you know, you think it, it, the first one you notice is the safety one. Mm. It's like, to you know, it, it's a bit busy here. Why you, your kid is like, some some parents is just They might be just on their phone and their kids just doing something. Mm. that could be a disaster within we're not talking about letting them play on some a swing set or some and and you know have fun we're talking about you're in the someone could just walk up and take the kid Mm. or they could step out in front of a car and uh, that's why things happen some parents just maybe don't see it the same way they don't have any sort of protective uh instinct maybe Mm. but i'm probably going off the the, the the rule or the topic with that no one, but.
0: yeah but it's all it's all relevant yeah I and, suppose so um, yeah. yeah on the point of um some kids just making you feel happy to be around them yeah the other day I was in the gym mm. and there was uh, there's like a swimming pool there as well and um there was some two kids running around messing about yeah it might have been about four or five yeah and then one of the children some little girl just stopped in front of me and just said hi, and <laughs> for some reason it just, just made me, me laugh. Yeah, it yeah. made me feel like good, <laughs> yeah. and then I yeah. I just felt positive. And it's yeah. At first I was maybe getting a bit annoyed, like these kids running around me or whatever. But then as soon as she like she seemed like quite a pleasant child, yeah. Yeah. and it's like I think there's something about the innocence of children where it's like they they haven't done anything wrong. They're just no. they're they're new, and it yeah. just and yep. yeah. So it's it's I think it's very important to um. To try and, for me anyway, to try and make, when I do have children, to try and make them be people that the world likes. Yeah. As opposed to just like, I don't know, like nuisances or menaces to society. Sort yeah. Of thing.
1: yeah, you're going to get, and then you're going to get times where you can't make them eat and you can't make them, <laughs> they won't go to the toilet or they mm. won't do this. Or the, so it's, yeah, it's, it's not, it, for someone who's very organized like you, mm. You can get prepared to an extent, and then the chaos comes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it is. Yeah, you do have to mould them in a way, but there's always going to be something unexpected with them.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rule six: mm-hmm. Set your house in perfect order before you criticise the world. Yep. What does that one mean to you?
1: Those who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, kind of thing. You know, let's 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 be reasonable and accept the fact that before we offer advice or criticism with either good or bad intention mm. let's make sure that you're running things as they should be yourself yeah. which is it's difficult to do anyway because life is just like spinning plates mm. to me there's always going to be some aspect of it that you know the plates just starts wobbling wobbling <laughs> wobbling and you've just got to sort of get there and spin yeah. that one and other ones are easier to do than others mm. but yeah to me it means realize your own faults Vulnerabilities, your strong points, your weak points, and be trying to make yourself better or be better before you dare to advise, criticize, give you know, get too much on your high horse about a certain issue. Mm. Which I think maybe I've maybe we all do. I don't. I've probably been overly judgmental in the past. I know. I have through ignorance, Mm. Um, just through ignorance, and maybe not so much callousness. I'm I'm not a cold person, but maybe. Being far too logical, Mm. which is another thing that having children will do to you, it will certainly kind of knock some of that out of your system. Uh, Emotion is is a big part of what we are. And emotional control as well is is a huge part of who we are. So, yeah, like I said, even with setting examples for your children, you need first to be, you know, practice what you preach kind of thing. You need to be eating healthily yourself, Training, keep yourself moving, try and be positive hmm. happier, which is i will catch myself quite often in negative kind of thoughts and and spirals and mindsets, and then you've got to think to yourself you know what effect are you having on the people around you hmm. I know you, you don't have any intention of bringing anyone down or harming anyone, but you've got to think that you're you're becoming almost like a like an old exhaust know of an old banger diesel car that's just pumping out all of these fumes and it's just toxic Mm. you know so i think part of that is is to get your yourself together a a takeaway from it i kind of got was that life is hard Mm. um it can be brutal it's also beautiful and and incredible at the same time Mm. but you can't be too hard on yourself you can't just blame others for everything you can't blame god for everything you can't blame bad luck for everything again all we weaker control
0: is our reaction yeah and i think it's a good message for the current times because mm-hmm. a lot of people of today yeah especially younger people are quick to say everything is just nonsense everything needs to be dismantled it's all a patriarchy it's all yeah. Um, the system of oppression and everything's all terrible, and we need to destroy it. But mm. a lot of these people that are saying these things, I'm sure their bedroom is messy because yeah. their appearance is quite is is they're not really put together themselves. Nope. And I think it's a calling for these people to just just hold on a minute before you start criticizing the whole world and yeah. trying to dismantle things that a lot of people have worked together to build. Mm-hmm. Why not work out what's wrong with your life first and yep. try and fix these things? Because we all have issues with our lives and it's quite an arrogant stance to say the system that has been put in place through trial and error over many years yeah. is somehow not good enough and you're the person to call it out. Yeah, Maybe it's not good enough. Maybe it still is going to develop as, as time goes on. But what gives you the qualification to deem that judgment if you haven't even tidied up your room. If the things you are in control of are not taken kid. care of, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of the negative attention and publicity that Jordan B. Peterson gets is from people like this who are just criticizing him and yeah. calling him all sorts of things and he's a well-studied man. He's worked really hard to get what he has. And experience. Yeah, he's got a lot and of experience yeah. and he's very empathetic. He really does care about The people he's trying to help. Yeah. And he's come up with certain conclusions and he's putting his ideas forward with the best intention Mm -hmm. and people are just trying to like rubbish it. Just throw it in the bin. It's not worth even listening to. And they imagine they're the person to be listened to. But how? How have you come to that conclusion when a lot of these people are out of shape? A lot of these people are very depressed. You can hear it in everything they say. Nihilistic. Nihilistic. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's like they want just the destruction of society. They don't believe in fundamental parts of it, like men and women being a team. They don't believe in that. They believe it's all some sort of oppression. Segregation. Categorization.
1: All of that. Well, it's easy, isn't it? It's easy to say, my life is shit because of sexism. My life is shit because of racism. My life is shit because any kind of new idea of oppression that's come up, that some grifter. Has made up in the last 15, 20 years mm. and has decided to make a, a way of guilting people into buying their shit. Mm. But as you said, there are often people that are just so shambolic. Have you had a job? <laughs> have you paid tax? Have you exactly. done it? Why have you got an opinion on it? You're a mess. Your room is a mess. You don't even know what you are. Exactly. It's not about being in a category, it's about knowing what you are and how you should act and this this sort of concept of like you were saying rubbishing the past Mm. there was a lot to rubbish in the past obviously but there's a lot to rubbish today there'll be a lot to be rubbished in 10 years time there's going to be things we do and say today that in five years people are going to consider offensive yeah and at the moment we're talking about and we have no idea Mm. what what they are but it's it's all wrong and it fits to the to the previous point about don't let your children become people you don't like because this is what they are they're people that nobody can like their parents probably yeah. don't like them exactly the parents don't understand them whether it is intentional i don't maybe maybe there's some sort of outside influence from foreign governments that it has been set some to make these pe- warfare, possibly who knows yeah. i mean there's been a lot of that going on but also i look at it like this if there are bad parents there are definitely bad governments, there's bad systems in the past, there's a lot of terrible things that have happened, but the majority of what's gone on has been for the betterment and and to further civilization. And they're against any sort of capitalist ideals and they've mm. got this stupid concept communism could ever work or socialism. It's it yeah. absolutely impossible to work. And fundamentally you don't you don't see a lion cub teaching a lioness how to hunt because why because they'd be dead yeah they'd all starve there within a week the lioness teaches the cub how to hunt social cues the same way that we do yeah. we teach our children how to be functional these people are totally dysfunctional they can't decide what they are in the morning yeah exactly. if you if you said to me and i mean i know it's again a lot of people have been going on about it the subject is pretty much tired now and i'm hoping that it's kind of burned itself out because it will do. It is It is a phase. If you say to me you're any one of 72 genders, hmm. you're insane. Yeah. I don't really want to waste my time speaking rubbish with an idiot <laughs> because that's perfectly possible yeah. to do in many places. I, I, I just wouldn't really entertain the conversation. Unfortunately, these kinds of people often have the time and energy because they don't do anything else. To find their ways into places where they can be very noisy, and seem to be disproportionately represented or overrepresented. But to, to put it into sort of a, a, a modern, current context, that would be one of the ways of, of, of putting it: this constant trashing and and, dismiss and dis uh, dismissive attitude towards everything that's gone before. Yeah, when you know we're we're here because of collective wisdom. I think it's
0: such an arrogant stance because. It's communism. Everything you have, even yeah. the ability to discuss these things, yeah, is because you're living in a society that has been built by all the people before. Yeah. And they've put in place certain things that allow you to speak freely. You have freedom to be educated, mm-hmm. to to study and whatever you want. You've chosen to study nonsense because obviously this is all you can talk because about. Because it's easy. Yeah. Because
1: but it's just, because it's easy. Because you know why? Because it's hard to study maths. Mm. It's hard to study engineering. Mm. It's hard to study science, biology, chemistry, physics, history, languages, literature. Yeah. That's hard. It really is hard to study those things, and you have to put the time in.
2: Yeah.
1: This other shit could literally be made up. You could write down some weird thing, and it's next day it's law. It's like basically trying to write your own your own game, and at the minute they're being allowed to do it, but it will be stopped because you know organizations will learn that. The more they support it, the less product they sell. Mm. And as soon as things start affecting shareholders and the bottom line and profit, it will be finished. But it, it, it's certainly like they have like a, a communist ideal about everything that they look at. Um, intellectually, it's like every time you pass go, you have to you can't collect. Money, you have to give everything back. Yeah, everything you know, it's like this weird history, fact, and knowledge itself should be erased. In which, in, in 1984, mm. they have the Ministry of, of Truth, which does nothing but lie, yeah. Ministry of Health, which does nothing but keep people sick. depressed mm. and sick and downtrodden, and Justice, which does nothing but persecute Crime. innocent mm. people. And so, it, it's very much like that. You know, the truth is that big government in my opinion probably getting way off the subject now but and that kind of socialist communist ideal is just it it will never work Mm. not without major bloodshed and misery yeah which is what is and 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 then it'll only fail because you run out of money and yeah and it it is
0: causing a lot of misery in in today's time as well all of this these sorts of narratives Mm. these people aren't happy and no, but they, again they don't want you to be happy either.
1: Instead yeah, of instead of concentrating on what they're doing and, and doing the hard work which is, as this book says, stand up your house yeah, in, stand up straight with your shoulders yeah. back, house in order, addressing your own problems, making yourself better. It's much easier for for me to say, Oh, why is he gonna take that away from him? Why is it mm. look at this, you do, you know, and criticize you. Yeah. Because it it requires literally no effort.
0: Yeah. That rule definitely it it just really resonates based Mm -hmm. on the things that I've been seeing in this modern society. And I hope people can understand and implement that message in their lives. These people hate Jordan B. Peterson anyway, so they probably won't get the message. But I really think they need it. I really think they need to hear that sentiment and understand that they're not the moral compass. They have Mm -hmm. their own things that they need to sort out and maybe they should wait before they start dis- like rubbishing everything that yeah, has been built before. They're,
1: them. They're often the, the the least moral anyway. Yeah. They've got this nihilistic concept of...
0: Just destruction, destroying everything. Yeah, and
1: and, and humans are a plague and... and yeah, all of that. I, I'll be the first to admit that we probably are, <laughs> scientifically, pretentious mould, really. But I'm on our side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Be- you know why? Because I'm alive... And I've been born and <laughs> I will die one day, but hopefully, peacefully, many years down the line mm. and after living a good life. But these people, I really don't know what they... So what are you saying? I mean, I've had conversations with quite intelligent people and often they've not... This one person was um, an architect, very intelligent uh Highly qualified, capable, very good at what they did. Good, you know, good money. They had their own, probably a couple of houses alone. No kids or partner particularly, but I I, I don't judge on that front. You know, that's up to them. And the discussion, we were just talking and maybe some politics and th- their worldview was like, oh, there's too many people. There's, you know, we need to cut down on the population. And I, and I just said, well, you first. Yeah. Do the honours, honestly. Mm. If you're that miserable, and if that's how you feel, then just, you know, if that, if that's your, what you honestly think, because you feel like that, you want to, what, decimate the population? Should we all get into groups of 10 and pick one from the group and be beaten to death or executed? You first.
0: You yeah. jump first. I'm it's, all right at the moment. It's just basically like moral virtue signalling. You're yeah. acting Empty. like you're so much yeah. more intellectual because you've got this understanding, but you're not you. You wouldn't do anything to act on that. No, it requires and, no effort, does it? Yeah, you, you don't only have to, you don't want, want have to other do anything people to it. pay the cost of that narrative. Yeah, and yeah, I, I'm. I really don't like those sorts of narratives.
1: It's quite, yeah, it's quite a but it's very negative. It's very, um, and often picks and mentions that like the Columbine mm. shooters. Yeah. If you've that's their type of mo. Yeah, destroy mm. everything, kill everyone, cowards. Yeah. absolute cowards, would never pick a fight that they might lose, shoot innocent people, burn it down. It's just disgusting, sort of cowardly, nihilistic, communist nature that is, and it is. If you've ever met anyone who's lived under it, and, you know, the, what, what they put their own people through, mm. it just just to propagate an a, a unachievable, ridiculous, sterile ideal... It's just unimaginable to someone who lives in... In I know we have problems here, but the fact is you wouldn't have conversations like this mm. in yeah, such a you society. You wouldn't be allowed to. You'd be oh, executed. You'd lose all your stuff. If mm. They don't execute you. They'll just come in and the door comes in. All of this gets taken, confiscated, and you might disappear. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. And not even for this. I mean, you could disappear for a leaflet Yeah, or for not for not singing someone's name or not saluting a picture on the wall Mm. or not having a picture on your
0: wall or for having a private conversation with somebody and they've gone and sold you. You think is, Mm. yeah.
1: Yeah. I've heard stories, you know, from places in Eastern Europe and that where you, if someone sees that, you know, people get desperate and they slaughter a pig or they've got some sort of meat they're not supposed to have and have to clean the blood from the steps because if someone sees the blood from the steps going to their apartment, they're going to get told on.
0: I don't think any of these people actually understand what they're proposing. I think it's more about just pointing the finger at "oh, you're bad," and yeah, I'm morally better. I, I would, if I was in power, I'd maybe make some sort of a swap
1: with these people, and I'd mm. say, "These countries you admire, here's the thing: what we're going to do, you sign your name down. We do a swap. We'll send <laughs> fifty thousand of you there, and we'll take fifty thousand of them back. Mm. Problem solved. See how you like it." Yeah, and that. They'd shut up. They wouldn't, yeah, they wouldn't even put their name on they, it. They couldn't survive mm. there. Mm. You know why? Because no one's feeding you. Yeah. No one's feeding you at all. And no one wants to hear you talk. A lot of the time there's no food. Mm. So good luck.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, good luck. See if you can be as opinionated
0: yeah. in these no, places. That's, that's the thing. They would not be able to voice any of those any negative opinions towards the structure of that society. No. That society would not have that's it all. at all. So they should understand the privilege that they have to even be voicing these opinions and maybe show some gratitude and maybe be a bit more reserved with the things that they're saying. And as the rule says, sort out their own house before criticising the world. Yeah, a lot of them, they never, quite a few never even grow out of it. Mm. Some kids do when they, you
1: know, have to pay tax and they realise how much things cost. Mm. They grow out of it, but a lot of them don't. They just live as this sort of perpetual juvenile Che Guevara poster keeping marxists in the little concrete council flat you know their iphone yeah with their iphone Mm. some poor congolese kid is like digging up the cobalt for age 12 maybe won't live past 30 but that's okay that doesn't matter just 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 worry about things that happened 300 years ago
0: Mm. but that's that's a (laughs) massively different subject yeah it's the thing that you said in the beginning the glass house thing yeah. If, you're, if your life is in disarray, if you're not keeping yourself in good shape, mm-hmm. mentally or physically, you're very depressed. Everything you think about is just negative. Why do you imagine you would be the person to fix yeah. what other people are seeming to function well in? There's people who have actual families. They actually care about society. Why would you imagine that you, not even contributing, have the right to just throw it all in the bin? And what do you propose Comes in its place. It's negative. Yeah, it's such a crazy I don't narrative. know why you'd, why you'd want to spread that, to mm. be honest. if Keep it to yourself, by all means, but... Yeah, it's just crazy, man. Yep. Rule seven is pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. Mm-hmm. What does that one mean to you?
1: There could be many different examples of it, whether it's maybe when you're younger, you decide you want to get a degree in something useful, which you can actually make money out of, and maybe some of your friends decide they just want to smoke weed and... Play Xbox or PlayStation and hang around in the park, or you know, get a shitty job and not think about tomorrow. Which I mean, we've all—I've I've had plenty of shitty jobs mm. in, in, you know, yeah, the jobs that I've done. I've had shit ones as well. I, I don't disrespect anybody that that mm. works and contributes, but if you've chosen to have a shitty job from 16 or 18, and a friend of yours has chosen to be an engineer or a doctor or anything, any sort of professional start their own business, in 15, 20 years' time, you know, you can't look at them and and try and say that what you do is as as meaningful as what they've done. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Or or it could be anything. It could be, say, martial arts. You could put the time in to progress to go from a white belt to a black belt. It takes a long time, Mm. you know, but you, you grow as a person. You become more disciplined, more confident, more... Self-assured, capable of protecting yourself and those that you love. Peterson's example of like short story of it being like the monkey with his hand in the in the cookie yeah. jar. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like that bit. Yeah, or, or whatever he's got in the in the in the jar. They put something in the jar. Someone hunting the monkey. Yeah, they put something in the jar. The monkey grabs it. His hand is now too big to get out the jar, and the hunter can just literally come up and pick the monkey up and take. He it won't away. release because he doesn't see the fact that by releasing the the item, he saves his life. Mm. Which is very much, you know, not, not being able to see past today or even tomorrow and, and plan into the future. But he gives different examples and mainly by basically sacrificing time and effort today, mm. tomorrow, so that in 10, 15, 20 years' time, mm. you're more comfortable, self reliant, you've got the ability to flourish and to, you know, for your children to, to do the same yeah. thing. So that's like a, a basic kind of.
0: It's kind of just a call in to delay gratification. It's it's almost like what we spoke about in the previous uh, book review, where it talks about holding back that that need to gratify your desires mm-hmm. and just keep going and for something that's more meaningful. Yeah, and I think that that example with the monkey that, that I really like that one because it is just you can imagine that is the mentality that a lot of people have where yeah they just want something now and them having it now it will cost them in the future the example i gave earlier with the um children like i'm i want to have children i've i've always wanted to have a family probably based on my upbringing Mm -hmm. but i haven't had them yet because i wanted to wait until it was more meaningful than just having them because i wouldn't want to have them with someone that i'm not i don't love and i don't Wanna build a family with. Yeah, that's
1: important. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Who you're with,
0: yeah. So um yeah, whereas there's other people, obviously like everyone every child I imagine is a blessing anyway. But there are people who it's very difficult for them to even see their child because they had it quite frivolously and Mm -hmm. with somebody that they don't even know like that. And yeah. Now it's a difficult situation where maybe they get to see them on a weekend or something, maybe not. And it's just very difficult. And that's because and, and then there's other people who and we'll have a child to get like a flat or something like that and that's yeah. okay you you want a flat so you're doing what's expedient but why not why not just slowly grind and just make it a meaningful family or something so that you can be a team and and build together so i think that's what i take from the
1: yeah goal. i mean it could be
0: something even as as basic as say what what
1: will i eat tonight you know okay well i can go to the fish shop kebab shop get something now spend like 11 quid or 12 quid for a takeaway Mm. a small takeaway kebab Mm. which is probably full of preservatives and crap the vegetables have got no nutritional value in them they're like probably like animal grade vegetables been sitting there for ages grease salt sugar and it costs me money i lose quite a lot or i could go to the supermarket which is still again prices everything still going up but you can still buy the individual components of that meal, mm. and make a meal for a couple of days. Yeah, or two, or three people. Mm. Yeah, four people maybe with a similar price. As yeah. Especially if you bought, spent twenty quid in to get a couple of kebabs, you could easily get some meat, vegetables, some sort of carbohydrate or something like that that you could make a meal with. Mm. And it's a, it's more of an investment in yourself physically. Yeah, and again, I can't preach because I do. Get a takeaway as well from time to time. I don't do it all the time, but there's times when you you just do. Yeah. But you always know in your heart that I really should have made something. You know more because it's you lose money. It's not nutritional, and your health suffers as a consequence. Yeah. But again, it's about like it says, meaningful, Mm. which often requires effort. Yeah. And time. Yeah. Expedient, quick. Easy come, easy go, fast, you know, that kind of thing. You can look at it as well with how you earn money if you choose to be on the Darwin's and sell gear. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Versus... You could lose it all. They just come
0: up. five in the morning, door comes flying in. Lose everything. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's all gone. I had uh, someone talking about this not too long ago and they were basically saying, assuming you are this uh, Scarface or something, you're doing whatever you're doing, let's say you make... You have a really good year. You make mm. 200 grand in one year, but then you spend the next 10 years in prison. You've only made like 20 grand a year. Yeah. So you're, you're making less than minimum wage anyway. Yeah. If you work out th- that money you made across the time that you've now spent for that that money you made. Yeah. So yeah, it's like you say, isn't it? it's the, exp- the expedient, just trying to do what makes it quick. As opposed to, you start off in a like beginning position in a company or something like that, and you work your way up, or you start off with, I don't know, engineering something like that. You do mm-hmm. do your, you start off doing basic jobs. You, you're studying, you're working hard, investing, yeah, investing. Then mm-hmm. you get qualified, and you, you start with zero experience, so you're right at the bottom. Then you build up, you go from yeah. company to company. Then, in in that same ten years, you're now in a great position after the 10 years of grinding versus the guy who wanted it all on that first year. And now he's sitting in a cell and he's coming out to nothing. Yeah. So, and which is fine not to be, you know,
1: not being judgmental, but that person can't be envious. No, they can't see that they've got any sort of moral compass Mm. than, than someone who hasn't done that. But again, to be honest, I think this would only educate, benefit and appeal to people who, are truly to eventually gonna get there anyway. Mm. They may be on the fence. There's some people that this is never gonna help. They don't care if they if they have kids and they never see them. Mm. They don't care if they're still, you know, ruining everyone's lives around them when they're fifty years old and still on drugs and drinking. They, they don't care. They don't give a shit. Mm. They've never have done. A few a small percentage of people it will never appeal to. Mm. And like you say, a lot some people who are very accomplished and very successful career criminals They're not so, it's not as easy to do now, but if you go back to maybe like the 50s, 60s, 70s, even the 80s, people that they might have done heists, bank robberies, whatever they've done, any jewelry, anything they were involved in. When you find out the amount of time most of them have spent, they say, I did a two stretch or a five stretch or seven years, you think, I'd rather be free than Mm. doing that. But that's just a difference in. I suppose, mentality. Some people don't have that. They'll they'll never learn from it, obviously. They just... uh, Someone who's a career criminal, syllabus, whatever you want to say, is is someone that only sees the... And I'm not saying they're always wrong, Mm. because society is not necessarily fair to everyone, Mm. depending on the start that you get. Sometimes you will have to start out doing something. And and there's plenty of good people that do uh, very good things for the community and the society that started out, you know, doing... Sort of under under underground kind of activities, you know. Mm. I'm not saying the good people can't come from it, but certain things you're not going to teach yeah. a a percentage of people, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. yeah, I agree. I'll just say um as as a rule of thumb mm-hmm. it, it it does make sense like to pursue what is because there are as you say there are the rare occasions where somebody has made it through the underworld and come out on the other end and now they're a asset to society yeah they do good good work but in large it's best to pursue what is meaningful yeah as opposed to what is expedient Mm -hmm. because you're not gonna win not everyone's gonna win the lottery not everyone's gonna be like the stars are not gonna align for everybody Mm. and you have to wonder What's it all for? Like, if if it if it's only the smallest percentage of people that the stars all aligned and it worked out perfectly for them, then it's like, okay, how did you spend your life? Did you spend it doing something that was meaningful? Or did you just take every expedient option? Yeah. And at what cost? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that rules. That was pretty uh, meaningful to me as well. Rule eight yep. is tell the truth or at least don't lie. What does that one mean to you?
1: This one isn't isn't easy. I think all the time because I, I don't know if it is possible to get through life without lying on mm. small lies that some you know maybe to save someone's feelings or mm. um, I know it's correct. What he says is correct. Mm. It's how you should conduct yourself, mm. but it definitely isn't easy because you probably would make quite a few enemies very quickly. <laughs> but then again, maybe that's. They may have been conversations that were necessary,
0: needed to be heard, and
1: they could have been holding you back, mm. or they could have been holding the other person back. Um, yeah, and it's just, just of it, I, I find it, it, it leads onto a, a, a chapter coming up, but it is about speaking clearly, mm. and being truthful with people, and it will, I mean, it will sift through, like the wheat from the chaff. There's some people that just want to be. Lied to, I suppose, and don't want to accept the truth on certain things. But most genuine people, I think, will appreciate you for it. Mm. Um, and I do think it's something that you becomes easier as you get older. I think, mm. um, you know, because maybe I don't know. Maybe when you you're younger and you're pursuing different things, especially like you, if you're teenage into your early twenties and stuff, especially with like going out places and say if you, you go out to a club or a bar or something and you just, you, you may have a biological attraction to someone but they may just be talking absolute boring shit. You know what I mean? Mm. You've You're lying there by sort of satisfying one expedient urge with maybe another and not really getting any kind of long-term benefit out of it. Mm. And whether it's good for either party, I'm not sure. Maybe briefly, but there's certain quotes about, you know, better to reign in heaven than to serve in hell mm. was one that came up here. Um, which again is is it, it's better to be probably truthful, honest, uh, and do good if you can, rather than deceitful and and um, dishonest. Mm. I yeah,
0: that's the that's what I get from it. It kind of speaks on the effect that lying does to a person yeah it speaks on it almost like it's a disservice to yourself it's like you your opinion of yourself diminishes as you say things you know not to be true
1: and plus you'll have to remember the lie and if you're doing it here there so say like if you're some in in work say you've got some sort of trade or something and you're you're messing around and this and that, and you're not telling the truth, or you're you have to lie to your boss about I'm doing, or you lie to someone else. I've let you down because of this, mm. and you know you're getting such a, a. There's a quote of it's, Oh what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive, mm. and it's, it's not in it's not in this book, I don't think, but it's, I, don't think I looked it's it up. It's Sir Walter Scott, I think it was, yeah. and it's a very fitting quote for what this is saying. Because as it's saying, what a tangled web, and what happens in webs, you get things get caught in them. Yeah, they get in the way. It's it's full of decay. It's it's it shows the neglect and and you know it's sinister. It's got that web. It's got that sp- connotation of spiders and poisonous, and it's just mm. completely negative. And it can all come from a, a deceit, mm. you know, deceiving initially. Yeah. And it, and like you're saying, it has an accumulative effect. You've got to carry that with you, remember it, and then you have to adapt the story for someone else. You, it, say if you, you then you're going to tell someone else who might know this person, then you have got to remember it. it's almost like a script. Mm. You know, if you've let someone down, you find people will will do it, mm. and if you catch yourself starting to do it, or maybe is you you have to hurt some people's feelings and maybe let some people down, but maybe they were. People you had, you should have, you should say no to, you know, or or you need to push aside, maybe. Yeah.
0: And I think it links back to the treat yourself like somebody you're responsible for looking Mm -hmm. after. Because if you keep on saying things that you know not to be true, you begin to lose respect for yourself, which then makes you less likely to look after yourself. Like what I was saying before, where it's like people start to see all the bad things they've done and Mm -hmm. then start to kind of, act out or spite themselves in different yeah. ways. Like, they Resentful don't look... towards themselves yeah, as well. Yeah, they begin to hate who they are because they know they lie all the time. They lie about yeah. what their intentions are. They're yeah. misleading people. You can't help but have, like, a negative opinion of yourself if you're not living truthful. Mm-hmm. You're not saying what is real to you or what is what is what you actually think or you actually yeah. see You're you're just holding it all in. So I think it is definitely a true it that the rule is very important but as you say it's really hard to because it's almost like you have to think before you speak it's almost like you have to some someone might ask you something and you might have a a response just off the cuff but that response might not be as honest as it needs to be it's just almost like a defense to what what has been said or something so it is a bit of an undertaking to actually wait a minute think about it and deliver an honest answer But I think it is better for people to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, lies, obviously, mistruths, lies, or, you know, it says, or at least don't lie. It is something that you, I think, as you, like many things, like I said, as you get older, it's easier to do because Mm. you can, you see the negative effect it will have over time. Mm. And until you've lived a certain amount of time, you're not going to get the results for all these little experiments you're setting out at the, you know, at the start. You're not going to get to know yourself more as well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and as you would build self-respect, you would try t- to cut that out, mm. cut it down, and it can only improve you if best just don't say anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if yeah, it yeah, best just you know, mm. you know, just don't. Some some people just do. Some people just lie about anything. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost like a, an illness. Yeah, with them compulsive. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't. Sometimes that didn't really serve a purpose. They just do it because mm. they didn't want fancy getting out of bed that day. You know what I mean? And and showing up for work or helping someone or doing something. They just they'll just make up a a load of rubbish. Mm. But you know, it's just, I don't think you're going to stop it. No, Let's put it that way.
0: No, but I think it is doing yourself a disservice. Definitely, yeah. When you say things you know to not be true. Yeah. And especially when people find out, like let's say you lie to your partner and then she finds out. It's just going to, it just diminishes what you are. Like, do, Yeah. Well, it's the loss of trust. It alters the trajectory of the
1: relationship mm. and I don't think it can ever be changed from that point. You can never go back and reset it. You know, it's just mm. something that's going to change. And, and I know Peterson gives an example as well of say like a, a, a child or, or maybe a teenager or someone or someone doing, going into their studies, maybe college, high school, college, or secondary school, what we call it here, and say, for example, that the, the parents want them to do one thing and they don't say to them, I don't want to do that, I don't enjoy it, that doesn't make, you know, I don't get any happiness, from it. it just makes me miserable to do that. Mm-hmm. So then they start building resentment and then they pursue something which they don't have any real interest in. And they foul at it anyway because mm. they don't have interest in it. Instead of being more successful in something they do enjoy, mm. and it's that again that initial lie making such a negative effect yeah. on everything. And I think that's probably the duty of the of the parent as well to monitor your your kid and see what what they you know what they do like, mm. because even if it is something that you might not be interested in or maybe dislike, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad for them or you know, it's 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 going to have a negative effect if they don't do things your way. Yeah, which so it was a pretty good example of it. But that's what he he goes into.
0: Mm. Rule nine: Assume that the person you are listening to might know something you don't. Mm-hmm. What does that one mean to you? Well, it's something
1: that I've I found
0: works. You know, sometimes
1: I've had people say to me could be any situation or not so much on social gap because you, you chat more but say you may be at work or you may be somewhere where you're in a group of people it may be formal it may be just a break at work or something and someone will say to you oh you're quiet hmm. and sometimes say oh, no, i'm just listening because yep. again let's say the only way you can learn is to listen hmm. you're not going to teach yourself anything new you can you can take in information and sort of Gather your own opinion and 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 um, or create your own opinion or rule about something, but it's still going to require you taking in that information first. Mm. So, yeah, and I think it's it's also appreciate uh, to me. It's appreciate the fact that don't don't be too egotistical mm. and too stubborn in your in your ways and think that you you know everything. And the way that you do things is again, it's like get your house in order before you. Your, before you criticize the world, that's the, it's the same kind of um, similar concept to that. Yeah, is that? Give I like to approach everyone that I meet with the same level of respect, like a base level, mm-hmm. and then if they choose to, uh, if if well, if they choose, like, like if if they do things which I consider a, you know, that, that they don't, it diminishes that respect or in, increases it. Then i go from there. But the only way you're going to find that out is to actually, you know, you have conversations, which is a two-way experience. And again, you're not going to learn unless you you listen. That's what I take from it.
0: I agree. And I think that rule inspired the motto of the show. Um, So the motto of the show is learning from every conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really aim to do with all the different guests that come on because I probably know something that they don't know. Yeah. But I'm 100 sure that they know stuff that I don't know. Yeah. So I'm trying to learn from everybody, and as you said um, earlier, that these conversations make me better as a, like, do you know what I mean? They, they They help me develop. That's that's basically what I'm trying to do with the show. I'm trying to learn, speak to people who know more than me about certain things. Yeah, certain yeah. things. Whatever they, whatever they know, because everybody has their own life experience. So mm-hmm. even if it's just based on. Their experiences, they they know about their experiences more. Like I don't know what people people have been through, and mm-hmm. they can tell me something that makes me have a different perspective on something. And yeah, I really feel like that rule is probably what inspired the the motto of the show. And even when I speak to people outside of the show, I'm trying to understand their way of seeing things and yeah. the information that they've gathered through their life experiences. And I feel like that is always the best approach in having conversations i would think so if you're
1: reading this book there's a strong probability that you're a privileged person you can read you have time to read you're perched high in the clouds it took untold generations to get you where you are a little gratitude might be in order yeah sort of covers some of the other topics as well the other, the other rules before that and again listening to
0: someone they might know yeah something you don't yeah definitely rule 10 is be precise in your speech. What does that one mean to you? Just as the title goes, is is very self explanatory yeah. and hard for someone to misinterpret it.
1: Not to misinterpret, but to really unravel something from it when it's mm. so concise itself and and intentionally short probably be precise in your speech. Mm. That's
0: it. Yeah. Maybe um, just um what what the clear. benefits of it would yeah. be and possible again, negative side of not being precise in your speech.
1: Yeah, again, it will come. It will cover telling the truth, mm, yeah, which is often short and sharp, even though maybe not as palatable as as a whole sort of a smorgasbord of lies <laughs> and you know, yeah, flourished, mm. yeah, and it's not as, dancing around the bush, yeah, mm. yeah, that kind of thing. Um, but one thing, a way that I, I read into this when I on this chapter, which I think is important, um which I haven't always done is, is learning to say no. Mm. Um, which may sound a little bit kind of new age, kind of like chat show, Dr. Phil kind of thing, psych psychology. But if you say yes to a situation an invite a relationship, um, a demand, whether it be from work or from a a loved one or something or from a friend that's you don't really want to do mm. then it's gonna become down the line, let downs lies, the web of lies, yeah, the resentment, yeah it's, so sometimes it is it's not easy but again because you're you'll definitely whittle down your immediate circle mm. by saying no to some people because some people might not know when to stop with their demands, mm. you know or their expectations. Of you, which I think is important, and, and no is a is, is is short and it gets the point across. The same as yes. I mean, the same as you have to sometimes take a risk or just bite the bullet and go and go for something. Can can work. They're both beneficial in their own way, but I think no is quite a hard, quite a hard thing to enforce. Mm. If you're like Peterson says, quite an agreeable person. If you're someone who likes to please yeah. people and and and. Again, you might you'll end up putting people, people's needs before your own. Mm. You're not taking responsibility for yourself yeah. and yeah. what you truthfully think and what you want. Um, I I do think for some some people they have no problem with it, and they you know they probably say it too often and they end up you know, maybe disliked. So it's it's a it is a fine line socially, mm. um, because you can't just literally walk around like a robot with monosyllabic answers all day long because no one would ever want to speak to you. Or, but I think in terms of like your relationships, it is important to be precise in your speech, yeah. truthful. And clear with your intentions. Yeah, and honest. Mm. And then be honest with yourself about wh- what, you, what you're willing to to do or commit to
0: by saying yes to someone mm. or what you're willing to sacrifice by maybe saying no. Yeah. Sometimes in like especially in this modern era it's very hard to be precise because you got to care about everyone's feelings and you got to be like every every everything that people say nowadays is like with a caveat saying oh but if you're this exception mm. then because everyone's scared of offending everybody and there is yeah. some value to that because you don't really want to offend people but sometimes things just need to be said and <laughs> yeah. So so to be precise, it definitely is beneficial to the person speaking and the person listening. Yeah. Just to be clear, just to know where somebody stands. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people liked about Donald Trump is he would just say things and you just had to, like, even if you didn't like what he said, yeah, at he least de- he wasn't dancing around it.
1: No, that, I think that's, that's what a lot of people liked about him. It's also why the establishment as it was didn't like yeah. him because they couldn't trust that he would keep their <laughs> secrets, yeah. Um, which he, pr- he probably couldn't. Mm. Um, so y- y- your normal career politicians and little grey men mm. in suits behind the scenes. He said no. Yeah, they definitely... <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly, yeah. They were, they were very precise in their speech and <laughs> yeah. what they said, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, we're trying to speed through these ones because we're getting close to the end. But we definitely have enough time to cover them. And rule 11 is do not bother children when they are skateboarding. Mm -hmm. This one's a bit, uh, it's a bit hard to understand. For me anyway, it was hard to understand what it was until reading it. But what did you take from that chapter?
1: He's got the, probably the the parental level and the societal level. So one of the things maybe that, you know, as a parent, don't overprotect your children. Mm. Let them find themselves, find their way. Guide them as best you can, but don't clip their wings. Mm. You know, don't hobble them so that they can't then function without your say so or your opinion or that this is. And from a societal standpoint, to to let youngsters, kids have that sort of vent for their energies, mm. because like the old saying goes, the devil makes work for idle hands. Yeah, you know, let them vent it in a positive way. Um, he gives a story about how they put anti-skating studs yeah. on, on the bars and stuff. Yeah, which, I mean, is, again, it's fine. If this story in particular, he was he was just seeing at lunch, he saw these kids skating in this place and somewhere where they shouldn't have been skating. It was just basically like a, a flower bed or something, handrail or somewhere. Mm. But it's fine if you're there for an hour just eating lunch and you see these kids skateboarding. But if you're trying to sleep whilst <laughs> working a night shift upstairs, I'm mm. sure you'll probably have a totally different perspective on yeah. it. So. My view is in terms of society i mean you should we should strive to 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 provide the young with places where they can use this energy mm. so if you you know if you to stop them skating, that's fine, but do they have facilities where if they want to skate they can yeah so could we put money towards that yeah and and it's i mean the problem with we're looking at the we're looking at the rule itself but in in the book. He'll often go on... There'll be stuff within the chapter yeah. which isn't really 100% relatable to... The title. The title. The one, so yeah. he'll go on about... It may end up discussing environmentalism and depopulation. Yeah. Or... um, I mean, this one is a quote. It, uh, if you think to, tough men are dangerous, wait until you see what weak men are capable of. Yeah. I mean, that, that's totally random from...
0: Skateboarding. Kids well,
1: skateboarding, but... I suppose in a way it's that, you know, you're going to need these boisterous, tougher, risk-takers. masculine mm. risk-takers that keep order mm. in, in the way that they do rather than relying on insipid little uh pencil pushers who can often lead to these nihilistic yeah. holocausts and things like that, which is, he does touch on the the environmentalists and, and the desire for depopulation and stuff, which does seem... As saying it from the title does seems quite a far, mm. but you'd have to but he, read does it. It he does link to, it together he does yeah, he will bring it round in the end um and even he quotes he said, um Carl Jung at one point saying that if if you cannot understand why someone did something, look at the consequences and infer the motivation, yeah, so again, it seems it doesn't really on the face of it link to mm. stopping children when they're skateboarding, but it links to Why would society want to stop them when they're skateboarding? Mm. Is it to make them little obedient Mm. consumers that are scared to take risks Mm. and stand up against tyrannical
0: governments? Yeah, I really like that. um, It does link that quote. I've often said to people on the show um, saying stuff like, does the outcome determine the motivation? And I think that's basically a watered down version of that's that saying that you just yeah. said, and that really, I feel like that really is is very true. Like for example, you see these people who I'm not gonna go too much into it, but you see these people who are always always claiming that there's something wrong with society in general. Mm. If you if you look at what they want, that's probably the real motivation. They just want people to not do well they want there to not be a structure they want there to not be families they want there to not be people who are succeeding in careers yeah they basically want destruction or control yeah or control
1: because there's plenty of people out there again with that kind of big government socialist outlook that they don't really care if if everything there's a there is a quote i can't remember exactly what it is now but it's like they don't care if everything burns down as long as they can sit on top of the ashes as yeah. Long as they're king of the ashes, that's fine. And there literally are people that you'll never change. That's how they are. Mm. If I can't have it, smash it apart, yeah. burn it down. And unfortunately, it's a, it's a maybe it's a some sort of gene that's present in a in a percentage of the population mm. that we can never kind of. Must
0: just um, be a contagious or maybe you mentality. know.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe it's something that is necessary. Maybe a certain. Portion of the population does get marginalized and pushed aside to the extent where they they have to act out. I don't know, but what you are saying is is definitely, and it quite often comes from fairly well off yeah. middle class. That's the thing. The people who really are homes. It doesn't really mm. seem to make any sense. Why you? Why do you? Is it because they're guilty that they've had it so easy compared to others? Overcompensation or something? Maybe it is. Are you? You know, but they
0: could opt out of their lifestyle but they choose not to they choose to remain within their lifestyle yeah. and just criticize from wherever p- the position they're in they could just go to some inner city area and just live there and just uh, <laughs> they would they would learn fast yeah <laughs> a lot of a lot
1: of uh laws in life but mm. yeah I've, I've known people that have been from very good middle class well educated homes with a good income and they've had everything as a kid you could wish for and end up bringing chaos on the house with drugs and mm. and alcohol. And for what? I don't. Yeah. Maybe you can't. Some people, you know, you can't. It's it's equally as bad to give someone everything. I think it certainly makes them strive for some sort of discomfort. Maybe mm. maybe we have to have some sort of discomfort to, you know, bad to appreciate the good. And I think without a kind of balance of both,
0: you you become quite disturbed. I think and and. Yeah. On both ends. Vengeful, mm. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Rule 12, the final rule, is pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. How do you um, feel about that one? To
1: read it in this context is, for me, is to, you know, another term would be to stop and smell the roses kind of thing, you know, kind of uh, when the sun is shining and things are good, appreciate it. Not necessarily because they won't always be good, but we should... I think show appreciation more than we do. Um, I know I should at times. I, 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 you get sometimes you get so caught up in what you're chasing. Mm. That or I want to do this at a certain point, or I need to do this. I need to do that. You don't appreciate what you've actually got. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it's just that, that taking that moment of peace, of calm, of um, you know, if you if you. To look at it literally, to to, to get the the calming feeling of, of another being and another being like a cat and a dog that the existence is existence is so brief compared to ours, mm. but like with a dog, they they'll enjoy every minute of it, mm. you know. Yeah, and they don't get unless they're in pain or they're hungry or they're, they're abused. Mm. They're not they're not sad, mm. and even if they are abused someone can bring them back from, and you know, and they can live a happy, a happy life. So I think it's about appreciating the fact of being itself, and of, I mean, the chances of us, of you and I sitting here having this conversation, are in the in the what the billions, <laughs> the hundreds, the, the trillions maybe of us, of us both making it through the moment of conception, yeah. making it through through birth, through the teenage years, the adult years, to now to be sitting here discussing things is, is just... You couldn't have planned it. It just happened. Yeah, but you couldn't calculate mm. it, the, yeah. the chances of it, mm. of, of the, the miracle of it. And, and and not to say that I'm someone who pushes a, a religious perspective, but it, it truly is miraculous,
2: Yeah,
1: that the essence of life as it is. And I think it, what it's saying is appreciate it in all its forms. Whether that be nature, the sunset, the sun in your face, even the rain—maybe you know—even if you, especially if you're not—if so much if you're in it, but if you're <laughs> indoors with the rain on the windows, that could yeah. be even soothing as well. Mm. Stroke a dog, or as you did, you—that kid said hello to you, and it and it sort of, yeah. for a minute, you felt that connection with another being on the journey. Mm. They're they're a bit you're further down the road than they are, mm. but the cycle will continue as long as it's, you know, until it's interrupted indefinitely. Hmm. But for the time being, it will go on and energy will keep cycling along. That That's how I see it, is to, to, to appreciate life, appreciate being. And I'm guilty of not doing that as well. I'm not saying that I'm, personally, I'm walking around like, you know, some sort of enlightened Buddha or something. Hmm. But I think when you can, you should.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah I definitely agree and it makes me think of this song that I heard uh, maybe a month or so ago and I don't know the name of the song but the lyrics to the song yeah was basically saying like thank you for the good times and thank you for the bad times and, yeah. and that was basically the sentiment of the song and it really resonated with me. It made me think even the bad times are worth appreciating because it it gives you a a reference point to have to fill the good points yeah and i think life is full of ups and downs but you it's like you said it's the whole fact of it ex- the existence of it in itself it is quite miraculous it's quite yeah definitely it's quite a special special time to even be alive and even human's life is not it's not as long as, say, certain trees or no. mountains and all this. Like, we ha- we're here for a flash in the pan. And yeah. we should strive to enjoy all aspects of it. And as you say, I, I also don't do it as, as regularly as I should. No. And there's a lot of times where I allow my perspective on things to blind me from just the joy of existence in general. And when I first read this uh, this chapter i i took it quite literal literally and I would actually try and every if I did see a cat I would try and stroke them a few times they let me a few times they didn't but I always remember it every time I see a cat just walking past I always remember that I should really try and stroke it because yeah because of the book and it so i think it is it is quite a a good a good chapter and as you say i think the core of it is what you're saying about just life in general. It, it's like an expression of existence and yeah. being able to appreciate that. And I think the reason why cats are so special, and he's, he mentions this in the book, is because they're semi-wild. They're like semi-domesticated yeah. and semi-wild because cats really, they like a dog is either going to be on a lead or it's, or, or it's in a bad way. <laughs> but a cat is going to be like just roaming the streets as they they choose to come over to you
1: most dogs i mean pretty much all dogs you get one or two that are scared sometimes but they if you bend down on the floor they'll come over to you wagging their Mm. tail or some might attack you yeah but yeah they're different a dog is more obedient and more Mm. set up to please where a cat is kind of more on its own aloof and um standoffish and can sometimes be a little bit crazy as well yeah they're, um yeah they're quite a savage little animal
0: yeah it's not uncommon to be stroking it and it just bites you or it just scratches oh yeah they're, you they're pretty out. crazy yeah.
1: in that regard but yeah i think it is just that and especially now when you think if you no matter what you do if you if you commute to work and you're either you're either going to be driving and you've got to be switched on you're watching not only what you're doing what everyone else is doing then you got to get to work you've got to do your You've got to do the full day, make it through that without, you know, want it, wanting to have a breakdown. Mm. Come home, do the same thing in the traffic. Or maybe you work somewhere in the city where you have to get on the bus and then you have to get on the tube. Mm. And then maybe that, you know, that the bus isn't on time. Maybe it's raining. Maybe the tube is packed, it's hot. Yeah. There's this, there's that going on. And you get back and you've had such a busy day. You sit there and it just feels like your ears are ringing, your head is spinning, the world won't stop. Mm. For a second, but then you get those times where you, you're walking back from some. Maybe you've been to the gym, you've been training, you've been just been for a walk. Mm. It's a nice. The sky is blue, the sun is shining. You can hear the birds, and then you see a cat. You hear, you know, there might be kids playing somewhere, or you're out with your dog or something. And that's yeah. that, that's important to appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Because life can be at times, as it states in the book. Hard,
0: yeah, and overwhelming. And even if
1: you don't do things, you know, you might, in terms of reward, you, you should be. You might do everything right. You've done, you work hard, you pay your tax, you did it. But then something terrible happens, like you get a loved one that gets sick, mm. someone dies unexpectedly, something, you know, that you haven't seen some unforeseen misfortune happens, and you've got no, you can't prevent it. And you probably can't do much to even put it right, but you just have to get through it. And it's because of that that you should, when life is good and peaceful and the sun is shining, that you should appreciate that as well. Because I think you you need it. You need to let that in for your own yeah. benefit. Because we let in so much else that we've got. So don't you know? Don't choose to to ignore that. Mm. It can be like a it sensory overload sort
0: of thing. You're just getting yeah, so definitely. much things happening at yeah. once yeah. that you don't take the moment to.
1: Of course, and with, enjoy. what respite do you get now? You're gonna look at your phone, maybe. Yeah, because now we've just become literally connected mm. uh, to to the to the phone, in that regard. So, yeah, I think it touches on the, the nature aspect as well and the unpredictable aspect of nature and and, and appreciating it for what it is, mm. which is an absolute miracle. Yeah, to
2: be fair, it is.
0: Yeah. We've just got through all 12 rules. I would have loved to have gone through some quotes because I did write down some yeah, quotes know. that were quite meaningful, but it is where it is. And I feel like a good episode is when you got through the whole time and there was still more to do. To of course, speak yeah. on. And it's up to people to yeah. read it and make
1: their own interpretations exactly. as well because this is all it is really. Mm. It's just, you know, an opinion
0: on, on what yeah. is written. Yeah it's a it's a brilliant book and I would definitely advise people to read it and I read it at a point where I was pretty much lost like I didn't really know what I was doing as I say I wasn't even reading and reading is one of the most satisfying things I have in my life right now I really (laughs) enjoy reading yeah and if I feel like it's bringing me out of like the caveman I used to be uh, into some some sort of understanding of what life is and so yeah, I, I, if anybody can relate to any of the things that we've discussed, I would highly recommend you go through, the even if you just read the chapter that, that resonates with you, you won't regret it. It's a very beneficial book. And as I said earlier, I really appreciate Jordan B. Peterson taking the time to write course, this book. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's really helped me a lot. And I know it's helped loads of other people. So um, do you have any final thoughts on the book? Well, I'd say even if you,
1: maybe particularly for young men but women i think as well but if even if you don't read it google the 12 rules make them in a note on your phone or write them down and just look at them yeah and they're self-explanatory anyway and just maybe try and act on a couple of them try and change for the for the better a couple of points and and i do as well i mean i first read it when was it first published, 17 or 18, 2017 or 2018? I'm not sure. Probably I got either. it when it was, I think, first published here yeah. in the UK. I think I did as well. Yeah, and um, and I did make changes because of it. I made an effort, concerted effort, to you know, pull aspects of my life together. And I think reading it again, there's certain things that I've let slip or didn't take on board the first time. Me too. But now have. So I would recommend people picking it up and reading it definitely it can only be beneficial yeah definitely
0: but yeah that's a wrap man thank you James I really appreciate you. you taking the time and I really liked your perspective on it's a pleasure. all of this stuff the same as the last time and I'm looking forward to doing another book review review yep definitely and that's a wrap thank you to the audience as well um, thank you, you very much a-
3: 1P, 2P, 5P, 10P, 20P, 50P, change don't annoy me, 1 pound, 2 pound, 5 pound, 10 pound, 20 pound, 50 pound, these are my employees, yeah, I just make Elizabeth work, I just make Elizabeth work, yeah. I just make Elizabeth work. I just make Elizabeth work, work, work. Where my money at? Let me dial up management. Who's going in and who the fuck's panicking? Who's maybe and who the fuck lost p? If I fire a man, that could be costly. You know I always make the pattern run properly. I got white money and it talks Cotney. I got black money and it talks Patwa. Why the fuck would I want my money stacked up? I see money I can't let it be statue. I'm an entrepreneur in a tracksuit. When your money works hard, you don't have to. She got dank body and it's all natural. But. I'm still only trying to get well, the P, bitch. You got dead P, hit it with the D, Fridge. It's a game full of snakes and leeches. Damn Fuck rap. school, they ain't never gonna teach this. Never. Fuck broke, I'd rather turn evil. Uh, when uh, I'm hungry, uh, you be looking uh, like treacle. Give my tunnel vision on my prey like eagle. i got a pit in the whip looking regal. Uh, Just in case I ever got to duck a man down. Woo. Dealing with the penny same way I do pounds. Dealing Don't with know. the pounds, same way I do racks. Aiming for a billion, I ain't going back. Nah. When I hit the club, it's return of the Mac. I'm looking for a hustler, 30 collab. Trap queen title where you worthy of that there's a lot of hot chicks but i'm never that gas i don't know love only know about cash i know about economy i know about tax i want to dominate not race with the rats look i can't hear shit if it ain't about 1p 2p 5p 10p 20p 50p change don't annoy me 1 pound 2 pound 5 pound 10 pound 20 pound 50 pound these are my employees yeah i just make elizabeth work i just make elizabeth work yeah i just make elizabeth work i just make elizabeth work work work